Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date Star Tracks Edition. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. It's the end of the road. Do you want to be the deep voice guy for this? <laughs> I don't own that song and I cannot play it, but I should have thought about it. Because it's the end of the TOS road, which we will get to at some point. I don't I don't know what the deep voice guy even says in that. So girl. I can, do, I can just girl. do stuff from All About Us. <laughs> what About Us, rather? That's a different... Well. He's got some different stuff on his mind, that guy. <laughs> He's got a different worry. Specifically, what about us? This is what about us? Yeah. Them's the breaks. Um, Yeah, it'll be the end of TOS, so we're going to do an actor ranking roundup. Haven't done one since, what, episode 50? Uh, that sounds right. Um, So this will be a long one, everybody. Strap in to yeah, your tur- new captain's chairs. It, it turns out that uh, 29 episodes is significantly more than a year in the real world. <laughs> shit fucking shit ton of time. Yeah. If we didn't miss any, we could knock out 26 in a year, but it's... <clears throat> we sometimes That's miss. almost impossible. Yeah, we sometimes miss a week. Well, you guys know how this all goes. Um, we talk about the worst episode from last week first, and last week uh, that happened to be Deep Space Nine. Hmm. This week we watched The Sword of Kalos. That sounded like, uh, that's you know how one of the most definitive versions of the National Anthem is, is Jimi Hendrix uh-huh. wailing away? You just made the definitive version of the muddy DS9 theme. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, you you, know, I'm surprised I like you didn't think... record yourself in the background going, <laughs> <laughs> If I had wanted to spend more than 10 minutes on the whole project, maybe I would have. But 10 minutes was all DS9 deserved after last week's showing, so, you know. Also, I after this week. There was nothing in my library that seemed remotely related to the Sword of Kaelas, so. No, I'm sure there are lyrics in there somewhere about swords. Watch out for poor people, they have swords, etc. <laughs> but, oh, that's not a song. Um, Alright, let's, let's fucking do this. This is gonna be a four-fucking-hour pod. Kor! Remember Kor? Yeah, he survived that one mission. Yeah, he, against the albino, right? Yes. He uh, regales a room full of spectators at Quark's with stories of battles past. Uh, can I stop you there? That yeah. sounds like first season. I know it's not, but that sounds like first season Deep Space Nine, right? That hey, remember Kor? How he survived the battle against the albino? <laughs> yes, cast your minds yeah. back to DS9. Um, Dax introduces Worf to Kor, and Kor uh, tells them, look, he's after the Sword of Kalos, a probably mythical artifact that predates the Empire. Worf is down for an adventure, and he loves Kor. Uh, he loves himself some Kor big time, so I guess we're doing this. 
Kor uh, gets his brain melted on the way back to his quarters by one of those electricity hands guys. The fucking Lethians, man. Like, uh, I love that continuity, by the way. They can't keep showing up because I never remember who they are. I just <laughs> called this guy the guy with the face over and over again in my notes. The name of my notes this week is Zap Hands. So. Yeah, there you go. Um. Anyway, Zap Hands gets him good. Uh, I guess he's probably trying to get information on the Sword of Kalos. We'll find out. Credits. <clears throat> Dax wakes up Kor the next morning, who remembers nothing about old Zap Hands. She confirms that the the cloth that he gave her last night was supposed to have held the Sword of Kalos whenever. It's the genuine Shroud of Turin. Yep, it has the right, I don't know, DNAs on it, and it's the right age. I don't know, she's convinced. They visit Cisco, who's shaving. And do you, I, do you recognize the prop he's using? No, I wasn't even looking. What? It's Jordy's razor. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't like to talk about it, though. He doesn't want to. Don't make me say it. You know, it's his. Ra- By the way, it's his razor from Code of Honor. God, is that the one? I think so. Well, anyway. Anyway, LeVar Burton directed this one. Oh, God. Did he bring that from his house? Yeah, he probably. <laughs> that's probably his own personal prop. <laughs> Uh, they ask, Why did you not use the one I adjusted for you, my friend? <laughs> Fucking dialogue monster. They ask Cisco for permission to go do an adventure. Cisco just wants to be left alone, probably, so he quickly agrees. <laughs> and we're off on the Rio Grande. When you walk in on someone doing number three, they are more likely to agree to strange requests. Like, oh god, I knew I should have locked the door. Um. Anyway, they gotta go through the wormhole because, of course, this is a Gamma Quadrant adventure. Of course. Of course it is. Oh, yeah. It's every That's, week. That is definitely where an artifact from Klingon, ancient Klingon history <laughs> ended up in the Gamma Quadrant 60,000 fucking light years away. Honestly, when I got that tip, I would have gone, ah, it's wrong. That's <laughs> not the... That's not why would it, it be there? That it's doesn't make any not sense. not going to be there. Uh, they get to the planet they're supposed to go to, and they find there's a force field barring entry to the building the sword is supposedly kept, according to core sources, which is a Vulcan survey team. Yes. Dude, everyone is just going wild in the Gamma Quadrant. <laughs> they're just there all the time. Just telling the Dominion to fucking suck it. They got trade agreements. The Vulks are getting in there. They don't even do Why? science. Why? It's messed up. They're probably bu- they're probably building a fucking uh, uh, spy base uh, probably, like Pajam. Right. It's probably Pajam. Yeah. It's another Pajam. Gonna hide it behind some ruins again. Um. Anyway, the Vulcans couldn't get through this force field, but Dax knocks it out in forty seconds. Um. Somebody, I guess, got here first and stole everything in the joint. Except no, no. Ten seconds later, Worf finds a secret door, and they yeah. uh, they pretend to be a race called the Herc because the sensor only recognizes Herc. Right. Then the sensor lets them in. Behind the magic door is the sword of Kalos and nothing else. That's the only thing in that be- in that good, good room. <laughs> they, they celebrate, and I really hoped the episode was over five minutes in. <laughs> and they started to bounce, but uh, they run into... Oh, dead. man. Yeah. Can you imagine if, like, uh, they uh, Worf had handed the sword back to Kor, and then all of a sudden it was just like, America, America, <laughs> this is you. And then just ba, a full ba, da, episode ba. of America's uh, Funniest Home Videos <laughs> from 1997 or whenever this was. It would have been great. Who was hosting then? It couldn't have been, uh, couldn't have been our boy anymore. It had to have been, like, that uh, Bergeron guy, probably. That's probably Bergeron, yeah. Um. 
anyway, they're about to go, they're going to get out of there, but they run into dang old Toral, son of Duras. <laughs> and thankfully, someone says his name, because it's not the same actor, no. and there's no way you would ever recognize him. Oh, for sure, you'd just go, ah, oh, Klingon. There's some kind of Klingons here. Ah, they got a Klingon here. Uh, he's going to take the sword, and his plan is to use it to rule the Empire. I guess a lot of people would be impressed by that sword. Um, yep. Seems like and that definitely no one would say, all right, but maybe we just kill him and take the sword? Yeah, it seems like there are some missing steps in his plan. This guy is for sure scrubbed here. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, we don't see a lot of him in this episode. It's weird that he's even in it because he is very <laughs> much not in the episode. But, like, I don't think he's going to win any knife fights or anything. No. No. Um, but he's got two other Klingons and a Lethian, so... Yes, he recruited a whole Zap Hands. He brought Zap Hands, but I think just to deal with Dax. Like, none of the Klingons wanted to fight a lady or something, so they brought this <laughs> Lethian along. Because that I'll guy just it. goes mad after Dax as soon as he sees her. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's a big old brawl, and Worf is wounded, but they continue trying to make their way back to the runabout. They still they still got the sword. Um, uh, Kor and Worf start to get into it a bit. Kor no longer trusts him because he finds out that he's the one who let Toral live years ago in an episode we haven't yet done. Yeah, that's TNG. not cool to him. Uh, counterpoint, mm. they won that fight with those Klingons, and yeah. they didn't kill any of them. Yeah, they just Kor. ran away Kor, and then you... kicked the force field over? Kor, what's your deal? You could have killed any of those guys. Yeah. Hey. You didn't even kill Zapans. Hey, get the, hey, get this sort of Kalos warmed up a little bit, huh? Yeah, well, apparently not. Um, also, Kor is slowly losing it, it seems. He begins to harbor ambitions of ruling the Empire himself with the sword. Yeah, I'm going to do a spoiler right here for before people listen to the rest of this description. It's going to seem like the sword of Kalos is some kind of psionic weapon yep. that's making everybody lose their mind and get a weird bloodlust, and maybe that's why the Herc had it locked up in its own separate nah, room. Though. Nah, none of that. It's none of that. It's a regular ass sword. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the sword of Kalos, and everyone... It's I mean, a jerk. It's like, you know, it's pretty cool. It's got like a 20-layer Damascus. Oh, yeah, dude, that was some fucking real shit. I, You know, the guys on season five of Fortune Fire would never be able to fucking build that thing. Nah, nah, nah. This is like... They well, grabbed the wrong all, steel, first of all. They wouldn't, do t they wouldn't do that little number of layers. So it'd be the one where, hey, it's the last challenge. You have to go make the Sword of Kalos at home. And one guy would, I'm going to make 500 layer Damascus, a, a number of layers that's so many that the pattern, you can't see the pattern and it's yes, nothing. That's right. And then also he says into the camera, and I only got this one piece of steel, so I hope it works. And he'll fuck it up and then he'll have to do it again out of 1080. Yeah. <laughs> Just, all right. So this one's not, and also it's Marjana. not, I didn't finish it in a lot of areas, but and I it'll cut a pig. Where the guy literally burned down his own home forge. And we went, this is fucking unbelievable. These guys. Uh, anyway, yeah. There I wasn't enough amateur blacksmithing talent to sustain 18 no. seasons of Forged and Fire. I couldn't believe that they kept going after seeing the fucking idiots they were bringing in. Ah, uh, that's for another pod. Um, yeah, I say here, there may be some Lord of the Rings stuff happening here. This might be the sword to rule them all or something. It is very, it is very remnant. Like, everyone golems out real good about this thing. Yeah. And then it turns out to be nothing. So go ahead and get, yep. go ahead and get the dissatisfaction out of the way here. Don't, <laughs> that's right. Don't let it build until the end. And then you're like, what? Wait, that was it? <laughs> like we had to do in real time. <laughs> 
Uh, Worf and Dax chat for a bit about uh, what it's like to be an outsider. Then Worf says that when he held the sword, he began to feel that he should lead the Empire. <laughs> and fuck Kor, because he's a stupid and he's, he's old and he smells like a fart. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. One ring to rule them all, I still said. Kor is, of course, hiding just around the corner listening. Oh, yeah. Um, later, Kor slips and falls off a cliff, and Worf and Dex have to pull him up by the sword, but not before Worf tries to maybe get him to let go of the thing and fall to his death. You know how sometimes these actors have to make, like, big expressions because they're wearing a lot of makeup and Kor's masks great and stuff? Kor goes real big, but then, like, when you think about the Klingon makeup, none of it covers the expressive parts of your face. Just just forehead. It's not, not a Nausicaan, right, where he's got to open his mouth extra wide so you can tell what's happening. It's just all on his forehead and made, like, a little bit on the bridge of his nose, but that's nothing. I like to think that that first Nausicaan was he had an actor's thing in his head not even actor's secret but just like all this makeup how am i going to do my good expressions i better do it with my voice yeah and that he's the reason we have (laughs) human play dumb jot hey thank god it's like we're still three or four years from having to do that terrible episode huh you're not looking forward to tapestry it's it is one of my least favorite episodes of tng yeah but he he sends up a blue uniform and he's got to report to wharf yeah, but not still, but still, none of it makes any sense. <laughs> no, not, it, it I mean, does. it makes neg- it makes a negative amount of sense, and I don't believe Q can time travel. Yeah, I don't know what he, uh, because his powers are. If he can, why does he get bested by the Enterprise crew every single time? Why doesn't he just go to the future well, and see what they did? He goes back to the continuum, and there's a version of Guinan there that's in his subconscious or something, uh, and then she says he can go back to any time he wants, and he picks five minutes before. <laughs> he picks five yeah. minutes ago. Yeah, that's right. Um. Uh, so anyway, Worf uh, almost gets Kor killed by falling off a cliff or whatever. Um, Kor and Worf nearly come to blows over the sword again. Dax holds it so everybody's cool. Um, oh no, wait, things are very much not cool. After they fight about who should take first watch, they needle each other a bit, and then Kor stares at Worf for three hours. And they're they're finally gonna fight, but then the bad guys finally catch up to them. You know, Zap Hands and Terrell and the other two Klingons. Uh... They briefly turn their attention to them and uh, clean house for a bit. Then Worf and Kor finally fight over the sword before Dax stuns them both and gets Toral to turn off the jammer that's been stopping him from beaming up to the runabout. We don't see any of that. Yeah. She the, points her phaser at him. That's uh, it. it really is fucking smash cut to the transporter room of the runabout. That's what I'm saying about Toral. Like, why even, why even resurrect somebody that we've heard of for this? He fucking did not need to be there. Nope. The same shit could have happened if there was just like, otherwise cave-in trapped them. Yep. And they had to make their way to the surface. Everything else could be exactly the same. Anyway, this is where it all really falls apart. On the Rio Grande, Worf and Kor agree, <laughs> sort of, to beam... They've the... already agreed. We don't get to see yep. any of this discussion. They're gonna beam the sword into space. Because nobody can handle its incredible temptation, maybe? Yeah, but don't worry, Worf, who's super religious, says that when it's time for it to be found, it will. That's the episode, man. They've even into space. Next week is our man Bashir. So get ready for that. <laughs> um, hey, what was this one about? Well, Ben thinks its ambition blinds you to prudence, duty, and even friendship. And he gives it a four. Yeah. Uh, we're all probably going to be in the same neighborhood here. I just, I just wrote power corrupts. I mean, there's... Yeah, this episode is really 
It's very troubling because Worf is such a mad animal in this one, yeah. and we haven't gotten to the worst of Worf in TNG yet. Like, No, and when we do, we'll finally be able to have a label for this Worf, like we know about Power Play O'Brien, but what, yeah, which Worf is this? Animal... <laughs> What what is the name of the one where he goes to the monastery? Oh yeah, it's the one with rightful heir. No, yeah, it's probably is, is that the is, one with him? Unless that's the one where uh, James Sloven comes back as Alexander. Oh. What's that one? <laughs> um, well, here we go. I used to be way better at episode titles. Uh, bah, 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 bah. <sighs> yep, it's the one with uh, with uh, Kalis. <laughs> yeah so maybe that one that that's the one where it suddenly turns out Worf is super religious yeah um anyway he's so bad in this one that it was very hard not to think there must be something weird about the sword or like the air in the caves but it's just two self-important loudmouths. <laughs> it's true I didn't think about it it might have been the air in the caves like in that um cloud minders the episode. only reason <laughs> I say that well first of all you're right there's precedent in the universe it could have just <laughs> been um Rytalon or whatever yeah. the fuck, not Rytalon because that's that what was they were getting flinned. on that planet. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. It's not worth looking up. Uh, Droxine, uh, Droxine's juice. That's what I call. Yeah, it. this is right. But uh, so it could have been that. There's precedent for that. Also, when they open the thing, they're like, "Oh, the air stinks real bad in there." And then you discover that someone else was in there and ransacked it. And it's like, why didn't that exchange the air the first time? I don't know. Whatever. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe Lethian stink. <laughs> that's what it was. They just smelled that dude. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. But um. Well, he can't get in a shower. He's all electricity. It'd be bad. So news. yeah, like like they brought attention to the air. So that's why I was like, I don't know. I guess it might be the air in the caves. Anyway, this is a fucking. This is a very very dry, desiccated take. Yeah. And also, there's absolutely no nuance to it. It's the opposite of nuanced. Yes. It's just like. They just get their hands on this great sword. They assert that that whoever holds it can Will rule the empire. Rule the empire. Although. It's. I mean, it seems like Gowron probably has still has that big fleet. Even if he doesn't, we know he can handle himself in a knife fight. This Someone is has true. to come along who can beat him in a knife yeah. fight. If it doesn't give old core magic powers, yeah, he's gonna get killed. I, and I don't think that core knows uh, fake Kales's trick of losing the fight and then making it into a big joke. <laughs> Although <laughs> your heart is. Is so serious. To, although, to be honest, I did kind of get that vibe when he was talking about how Worf uh, thinks a sword is a museum piece. Mm-hmm. So, there was a little bit of that in there. Uh, yeah. Probably the best part of this dumb episode, by the way. So, what was that worth for you? Oh, three, I guess. Like, Power Corrupts is actually the kind of take Star Trek should do. It just should do a more nuanced version than this. That they found an artifact and all of a sudden everyone is insane. But at the end, it was just in them all along. Yes, turns out they're just jerks. Just like how on Deep Space Nine, every uh, Jake's super horny for Kira. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Well, and uh, Dax for Cisco, and I forget all of the other. It's all canon. It's all the real fucking deal. They make sure to say it at the end of every episode where someone is drunk or otherwise affected. That it's yep. really what they want. Yep. 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 Ah, uh, yep, yep. look, I had the same take. I had a four. So, it's, okay, we're all in the same neighborhood. <clears throat> I just. Yeah. Give me something to work with with this. Don't just say, well, don't just at the end say, well, power corrupts, I guess. <laughs> I get the feeling you've dipped a little bit into execution, but I'll I'll jump in uh, fucking yeah. head first. Yeah, um, go just di- just dive into it. Uh, all right. So if nothing mystical or scientific was happening here, we're supposed to believe Worf, our sweet boy Worf, is just a turd. 
just he's an just absolute, a, he's just a real shit. Just a floater. Just fucking sitting there bobbing up and down and stinking up the joint. Uh, first of all, his excitement for this quest is dumb. Mm-hmm. He, but he is so horny to find the sword of Kaelas. And he fucking reveres core too. It's uh, everything about it is weird. Well, he's a Dahar master, but more than that, Worf knows about his battles with Kirk, Errand of Mercy, or whenever the whatever the fuck his episode of TOS was. Yeah. Uh, core, who cares? If that guy sucks, it doesn't matter, right? But Worf sucking yeah, sure. is a big deal. Yes. Uh, but okay, so Worf is a real shit stain in this because of a mystical sword legend, which is very lame. The sword ends up floating in space, so who cares about anything that happens in this journey? Also, who knows what happened to Tyrell after this? Where'd he go? Why is he in it? Good question. Okay, hold on, though. Worf visited Kronos when he was younger? Yeah, this and is stayed this is wet garbage. With his cousin's family? Yeah. Uh, hey, dear cousin. Hey. <laughs> well, well listen. From the moment that Kern is introduced and then Worf's nanny, we <laughs> learned that um the house of Moog is actually largely still intact uh-huh. and it, it's just like, I don't know, it's being a blind trust or something waiting for <laughs> Worf to come back. Right. Uh but it is it is wet trash that now Worf had a family that his adopted parents knew about, but they're still keeping him. They're endaring. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm writing. If he had family on Kronos that he knew about and who knew about him, how does anything that happened in Sins of the Father make any sense? Why in the fuck? Like, was it? It was. It was Jorad, right? That's wait. Uh, what's Jorad's daddy? I think that's. I think that's right. Jor- uh, Gerard, Gerard, yeah, Gerard, Gerard. He was like, "Yeah, you can keep him. <laughs> Just take him, I guess. I don't need him." But yeah, when, don't yeah, you yeah, think yeah, he'd want to use him? It's a good idea. No, he really would have. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then, I, so then I have to ask even more strenuously than before: Why was he not returned to his family? Why? Yeah, and, al- and also, don't worry because. He was uh, just a completely unchecked and untamed child. He just ran away in a mountain and almost starved in a cave. Um, yo, like, that took me out of this episode. If the rest of it hadn't, I was just sitting there going, what are they doing with Worf's backstory? But he had a vision and a prophecy. So it turns out he was so religious stupid. Worf all along. And yeah, cool. all along. All that time in season one yeah. when... I don't know, man. I just don't know. Like... <laughs> <laughs> when he was dealing with Chorus and Conmel uh-huh. and the third guy. Was he just kissing up to the man? Was he just like trying to sound like a Starfleet guy? Is that what was happening in those early seasons? I, I mean, and I then mean, maybe. Real War finally comes out and he sucks fucking balls. Like, what ha- was it just being told no too many times in the observation room where he was finally like, oh, I, you know what? This is actually kind of bullshit. They won't let me abort that baby or let the half the crew die. They're all mad at me because I didn't give my cool blood to that fucking Romulan. This is his fucking remember me where he, he keeps pointing out things to everyone. He keeps trying to say, look, none of this makes sense. Why would we kill the entire crew? How is that better? <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> Those are acceptable then, losses. What's happening? Except he doesn't get to just go back through a tornado to a world where people listen to him. Yeah. The, his tornado is religion. That's too bad. That's a good Worf's, episode. Title Worf's tornado is religion. <laughs> uh, look, uh, the whole thing was a real miss. I gave it a three. Um, ben agreed and gave it a three. Some things I pulled out. Cisco's fine with his senior officers yeeting off on a quest like whenever. Uh, he likes Dax stunning both Worf and Kor. 
they weren't curious about the powers of this sword, he writes. Like, why it turned them into power-hungry assholes? No, because they know the truth. That's just <laughs> they know them. There's no, they know it's just them. They was just in them all along. They're like, ah, it turns out I suck. Uh, and then the stun just healed them from the raging ambition, is what he writes. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, probably healed Worf's shoulder, too. It seemed like he was on the verge of bleeding out the whole time until she fucking shot him with a phaser, which I don't think can help. No. It doesn't seem like it would help. You know what? He needs to go into shock. <laughs> well, Ben and I were on the same page uh, so far through the top half. What did you What did you think about the great execution of this? Well, I also gave it a three. Um, where's the scene? Like, this episode just ends. Where's the scene where Dax goes to Cisco and says, Hey, you know how you thought retrieving this sword could be a big boon for Federation Klingon relations? Well, <laughs> Sourpuss and Tipsy couldn't agree on who got to hold it, so we beamed it into space. No, man, just, like, into space somewhere. Yeah, somewhere in the Gamma Quadrant. No, we didn't make sure it was, like, going at a stable orbital velocity. Yeah, I guess it will just slowly fall back into the nearest star. I don't know, man. These guys were crazy, and I was sick of their shit. If Maybe we, don't even tell the Klingons. If this show was even a little bit self-aware, a changeling pretending to be a Klingon shows up next week with the Sword of Kaelas and controls the Empire. I mean, yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, they can't do that. It's too much continuity. Yep. Uh, this whole thing makes Worf an asshole. That's no fun. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what? They could... Uh, Hollywood could barely make three fun Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. Like, the Temple of Doom's not that good. Maybe there isn't even enough there to do Space Indiana Jones. No. At least not on Deep Space Nine's budget. No, and again, the it stops being that five minutes in. The rest of the episode, they just hate each other and want to kill each other for the sword. Yeah. They find the relic, like, oh, immediately. Well, the listen, the Vulcans knew exactly... They had a map of a museum, mm. and the Vulcans were just like, I don't know, man, there's a force field or something. Why are we even here? <laughs> Why are we here is the best question. Gamma Quadrant is fucking popping off right now. Let's go. Hey, let's just give the map to uh, to Kor. He's the ambassador to Vulcan for dumb plot reasons in this one. I didn't even mm. hear that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's how Damn. he got the. That's how he got a hold of that piece of cloth. Okay. Was uh, he was the, he is the Klingon ambassador to Vulcan Makes when he's not just getting hammered on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, that's why he's on DS Nine getting drunk. and and other stations, which is how Toral heard about this. Yep, he didn't go to his old buddy Dax first, apparently. No, core sucks. Uh, I'm a two on world building. Okay, we have the Herc. That yeah. could be interesting. Like they got a whole history with the Klingons, but so far it hasn't been interesting. Well, we only hear apparently about them. they can get to the fucking gamma quads. We learn about them in this episode, and they give us some backstory. But like, there's no reason to think it'll ever come up again. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to know the Star Trek Online explanation for these old boys, <laughs> I've played it. Okay, I've played the Herc stuff. All right, good. Uh, the House of Duras still kicking around, still wasting everybody's time. Yeah, but always uh, in fucking exile and never doing a good job. Uh, they got the Enterprise. Oh, they did blow up the Enterprise real good. I guess it's a good thing that, like... They got the Federation flagship. That was definitely their proudest moment. No one can detect bugs. Like, they don't get... Like, there's one right in the visor. No one, no one figures yeah. it out. And then also, no. it's a good thing the Klingons use the same digits we use. <laughs> that is true. Because they fucking read those numbers off. They're like, forgot it. Anyway. 
Man, how fucking wild would it be if they were looking at the shield panel and then <laughs> they were like ghost. getting a Klingon English dictionary and just like, uh, we're, we're condemning food and supplies and things. It'd be great if they hadn't ever considered it and then they get they see the panel and they go, hey, I, I can't read that. any of this. <laughs> it's garbage. When, uh, listen, they thought about this in the dumb movie Star Trek Four mm. when Scotty's like reading Klingons, what's hard about doing this? Yeah, and then again in six when they have to use the dictionary. Right, but don't worry about it. Yeah. Eh, Generations is definitely a lesser outing than either of those two movies. Oh, for sure. Uh, what else? Everybody is still just going to the Gamma Quadrant all the time. That sucks. I gave it a two. Yeah, um, I had it a little bit higher. Here's some stuff. Uh, first of all, we got Return of the Dahar Master. He's back. Uh, Kor once attacked Romulus, I guess. It's one of the things he's known for. Um, uh, famous, uh, relics, Sabak's armor, the torch of G- Gabok, the, <laughs> yep. s- the sword of Kaelas, uh, Euridian brandy, that's no longer relics, that's just another thing, the Herc invaded Kronos a hundred, a thousand years ago? A hundred uh, years ago? A thousand. Uh, yes, they, a thousand years ago, and the sword is... So Kalos is presumably from about four or five hundred years before that. Yeah, and stole all kinds of shit. I guess they're known for that in the Alpha Quadrant. That's what they seem to insinuate. Yeah, they're the English, I guess, of the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kalos was from about fourteen hundred years ago. He conquered the Fekleri. The Fek the Fekleri. The Fekiri is what Worf says. It looks like there should be an L, but I guess not. I guess Whatever. it's a capital I. And forged the First Empire. How did Kor become buddies with the Federation? They seemed like arch enemies in Kirk's time. Um, he must have been on Team Gorkon. Like, I don't know. Maybe. Also, how long do these Klingons live? Anyway. Um, too, too long! He seemed like he was 40 in that episode with Kirk. That was fucking 80 years ago, so like, this dude's fucking old. Uh, there may or may not be statues of Kang and Koloth in the Hall of Heroes. They were in his dream, but I don't know if they're real. I mean, Worf for sure didn't say... Uh, those two idiots don't have statues. But also, does Worf know? I don't think Worf would How know. How often does he get to go there? Also, like, I know he just lost his honor again five weeks ago, but come on. Also, until ten minutes ago, he fucking revered this guy, so. That is true. Uh, Tor- Torna 4, I guess, is where he was boasting previous. Uh, this is all good world building, huh? Worf recognizes a Klingon jamming signal by ear. Um, the Lethians, I have to point out again, are the name of the Zaphans guys. Emperor Kalis condemned the invasion of Cardassia, but he a figurehead, so no one cared. Uh, I actually had it as a four for Klingon stuff. I, there's a lot of Klingon stuff, but a lot of it's bad, and also they keep going back to the goddamn Gamma Quadrant, and they gotta <laughs> knock it off. <laughs> but they're not, and when at this point, now that we're watching this with a critical eye, when shit goes wrong, can you blame the Dominion? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, they were jerks first. But also, the Federation is really quadrupling down. I mean, for sure they are. They're like, no, it's right that we're here and we're going to keep being here forever. Um, Ben had it as a three in world building. Uh, Again, he thinks that's the same zappy dude who got Bashir. Yes, it is. I mean, it's at least the same race. I don't know if it's the self-same one. I'm I'm choosing to believe it's the same guy. I, I thought it was the same mask, for sure. Um, Characterization. Core is an old coot with tons of crazy stories. You know, a blowhard. 
Uh-huh. He hates Galron and the High Council. Um, Kor picks his butt with the sword and stuff, like Kaelas <laughs> himself did. Yep. Uh, he, uh... One of the things he said he did was he carved a fucking statue with it. That shit must have been real dull, huh? <laughs> At the end of that thing, you couldn't kill anyone with that sword. Did it used to have another prong that just got worn down? A nice middle prong. Um, oh, he, maybe he carved it out of bamboo or something. It was real soft. He does get crazed about this sword, though. Even though he picks his butt with it. Uh, O'Brien likes to hear Kor's old stories. Maybe he's planning on giving it another go against the Dalrock and he's looking for pointers. <laughs> Quark doesn't like Klingons. That's just easy racism for that character. Worf doesn't want to humiliate Kor with his baffling, dishonorable presence. <laughs> he is utterly convinced by a weird old cloth this bro pulls out of his shirt. Worf venerates... Oh, yeah. Well, well before anyone has validated it in any way. No, he sees it and he knows on sight that is the right cloth. Because it has the fucking pattern of a batleth on it. That's right. He can see it. Uh, Worf venerates the sword, he believes in visions and shit, uh, and he also goes nuts over this relic. I mean, you know, uh, Kor might have a point about, uh, it's, hey, it was a sword, like, stop venerating it. Mm. Apparently, no one ever built a scabbard for it at all. They just wrapped it up in whatever cloth. <laughs> whatever, whatever he was carrying around with him. Uh, Dax is a friend of the Klingons, but in this one she mainly puts up with them. Um, this was actually some of the better Dax we've seen from an acting perspective, having to deal with these two idiots. Yep, kind of. Uh, but it was a three for me. No, Not many likable people in this episode. It's a three for Ben, too. He liked Kor's playfulness. Um, mm-hmm. He thinks Worf comes out like a real asshole, and obviously the decision to just, sh- just shoot that sword into <laughs> outer space is so stupid. It's just so stupid. I'd like to think that what they do is instead of beaming into space, they just open the door and fucking hurl it out with a lot of disdain. Uh, well, I mean, we should talk about it. It's in my quick hitters, I guess. Um, characterization, I gave it a two. I miss TNG season one wharf so much. Yeah. I already never liked his weird religious turn. And now it's like he went to stay with his Klingon cousins and had a vision in a cave. Also, I get that the Klingon conception of government is based on, like, individual deeds, and there's kind of a mandate of heaven logic to it also. hmm But it seems way too much for Worf to suddenly decide he could rule the Empire. It's crazy. He is totally discommodated. What's he going to do? Yeah. How is Was he going to get a uh, meeting with anyone to show Kern them the going to roll up on his one bird of prey again? <laughs> That's right. The fucking Hegtower, whatever it's called, is going to show up, and he's going to get on there with his sword. And fucking a week later, he'll be the fucking emperor or whatever. He's probably going to he's gonna do fucking Star Wars Episode Nine and just send a message out that he's got the sword and he's coming back. <laughs> uh, Dax is fine, I guess. Although, I don't know. Like, it's not, it's not clear what her loyalties are in this at all because she just seems to, like, not want to engage... She has no, there's no thought about what mission she's on at any point in this. She's just like, you two are babies. Yeah. Stop being giant man babies. Yeah, Kor is one of her best friends. Like, she was hanging with these dudes a hundred years ago or whatever. You'd think that she would side with him, but he is a real tool. And maybe she's already got a thing for Worf. It's hard to say. 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, Cora's the same sad drunk he was last time, so I guess he isn't doing any character work in this. No. No. <sighs> Quick hitters. Uh... Of course, O'Brien doesn't care if a story is true as long as it hangs together. He's been covering for murderers his whole career. <laughs> what the fuck are Vulcans? Yeah. They found a whole Herc museum, but since there was a force field, they were like, not worth the time, and they went home? We know they don't like science. They probably weren't even out there doing science. They probably just came across that thing. They were doing something else. And the Herc were keeping that sword in another room because... In case a Klingon came 50,000 light years to get it. Yes, they have to set it up with the Herc, the Herc sensor so that no one else can get in. It's extremely dumb. All the other things in there were garbage. They don't care. I, I mean, it really sets up that the sword is going to have some kind of power and it. it just absolutely doesn't. It's very stupid. Yep. The fucking House of Duras just never gets it right. They destroyed the Enterprise. That was pretty fresh, but everything else is a big turd. Yep. Hey, um... The Emperor is a weird clone raised and indoctrinated by religious nutjobs. Mm. I know Worf likes the guy, but how much real power should he have? Yeah, isn't it fine that he's a figurehead? That's yeah, fine. Yeah, doesn't it seem like maybe that's good enough? Like, you know he's not Kaelas, and he just... Those monks those monks taught him political science or whatever. Yeah, who knows what they He know. learned it from the weird monks. They didn't seem like they were on the ball either. You give him the sword of uh, Kalos, and all of a sudden it's going to be like, also that head monk, he's the new pope. By Everyone the way, listen to what he says, he's the pope. Cloning Kalos automatically disqualifies you from teaching anybody anything good, right? I would think so. <laughs> you cannot have learned anything good from the guys who decided it was a good idea to clone Kalos. Those guys should be in prison, right? Yeah. Are the Klingons cool with cloning? The that Jedi, seems very unlikely. Uh, we'll talk about it when we get to that episode, but the Jedi mind trick Worf pulls on Gowron in that last scene is fucking wild. <laughs> Where he goes, no, actually, what a really good idea would be is if you give this guy the title of Emperor. And Gowron goes, what? <laughs> I mean, what? What? I guess. What? How about I kill him right here? I was just going to execute him. Like, what? I mean, I guess so. You're my buddy. Uh, and now, of course, Worf has always been a nut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were And then, um, how did that sword pick up that end-over-end rotation that it had in space? Did Worf put a little English on it when he beamed it out? Yeah, you didn't know you could do that? You just, you fling it a little bit. You just use your fingers on the pad, and you just go, whoop. I mean, like, what's the other alternative? There's, like, a shitload of solar wind right there, and the, so the sword immediately started rotating? Uh, impulse wake? I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> That's dumb, but I guess it's got to be spinning end over end. Yeah, like the champagne bottle in the opening of Generations, our favorite movie. <laughs> it's true. I give best actor to Quark. He's barely in it, but everyone else shits it up pretty bad. And One worst line. actor to uh, Toral 2. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't good. Uh, my only quick hitter, because again, when I do the descriptions, most of them end up in there. Core reminded me the entire episode of Pierce Hawthorne. Like, <laughs> almost exactly from Community. <laughs> the way he is super wildly insecure and hides around the corner... <laughs> listening to people talk shit about him and then is super petty on the other end. Yeah, he really was about to show up uh, having read the campaign and uh, <laughs> uh, kill Duquesne. Caverns of Dr Draconis or whatever the fuck right. thing was. <laughs> yeah, dude, shape change on Fat Neil. What shape? Fat! 
How fat? As fat as Fat Neil. That is what Cole reminded me of in this episode. Um, all right, GDB. This, this episode fucking ate shit. So let's move on to another one. Uh, fourth place last week was Voyager. Oh, this week we watched Mortal Coil. Ben's pick of the week. Whoa! Hi, this is Ben Town, your remote Star Trek edition correspondent, with my pick of the week. Pick of the week. Mm, I missed it. I love it. Love that song. Uh, it's a Neelix episode, so everybody buckle up. He helps Harry stay awake with a cool new coffee blend. He agrees to help Chaco with a protomatter nebula that they're studying, because they're always studying a nebula. He invites Seven to a cool party he's throwing. And then he agrees to help the Wildman baby get back to sleep. He goes and checks the Wildman quarters for, for monsters and tells the baby all about the Great Forest. By the way, the baby's pretty old. It can walk and talk now. Yeah. I, I don't know when that baby was born, but it doesn't seem like very long ago. Uh, anyway, uh, tells her all about the Great Forest. That's the Talaxian afterlife. Um... Then he goes to retrieve his containment cylinder from Seven's house in the cargo bay. Um, this is so he can help Chaco with that with that nebula. In what has become a wildly long teaser, he chats with Seven and then uh, is off in the shuttle with Chaco and TP. After some cool banter about pizza, they start to beam up some proto-matter, but they accidentally set the stuff on fire and then Neelix gets a zapped and then they fly back to Voyager. But Neelix is dead! Credits. They run a post-mortem back on Voyager and start to plan for his crazy funeral, but luckily Seven comes up with the 50th specific and exact way to cure death. That's right. She's cured death, guys. This time with Borg nanoprobes, and it totally works. The Borg, who previously have been like, what, that guy? Make he's, him disappear. He's dead. I'm going to take, <laughs> I'm gonna take his good components and then he can go. This eyepiece looks like it's been barely used. I'm taking that. Anybody got dibs on this thing on his arm? I got. I already got a better arm. My arm's level five. This is only level three. I don't need it. <laughs> I don't need his level three arm. Um, Neelix wakes up and he's confused and kind of bummed out. Um, and worst of all, they didn't even get that proto matter that they were trying <laughs> to get. Neelix goes to his quarters and asks his dead sister Florida why he didn't see her when he died. Yeah. Then he goes to the holodeck with Chaco to go over a. Uh, fucking macabre simulation of the accident to see what they can do better. He watches Hollow Neelix die and laments that it was all bogus. Chicote really goofed on this yeah, one, huh? show someone their and own death. Not only that, but he took the time to remove his own image from the simulation. Like, <laughs> not I don't, Neelix. I'm gonna, I'll just play my part. I don't need to be. Yeah, I'll leave TP, Hollow TP in here and I'll leave Hollow Neelix who definitely eats it in a really violent way. What yeah, if he exploded? <laughs> <laughs> what if he'd like fucking gagged and and rolled around on the floor for a while before he died? What if what if there was no recording and the holodeck just like fucking extrapolated from Neelix's <laughs> personality and and when he got hit by lightning he was like I'm dying and I'm pissing my pants <laughs> and then he kept saying stuff like at least I'll be going to the great forest and then <laughs> Neelix had to be like I'm wearing the same pants they, I didn't piss in them at all. 
<clears throat> anyway, he watches Hollow Neelix die and laments that it was all bogus, all the afterlife stuff. Out loud with his mouth, he says, the Great Forest is a big make up <laughs> At the uh, Yeah, because like Worf, he has secretly also been very religious. Yes. At the first day of Priston party, it was Priston, right? Uh, yep, yeah, that's what I wrote. Tuvok makes a boring address. They all toast Neelix and everybody starts to mingle. Seven's not good at it. Then Ensign Wildman asks Neelix to help her daughter sleep again, so he leaves his cool party and goes to help out. But the baby asks him about the Great Forest, and he's not cool about it. Kinda, he doesn't handle it super well. Kind of gets all stiff and quiet and creepy. Anyway, later in the mess hall, Seven comes to scan Neelix because she's got to check up on him because of those nanoprobes. And he has a freak out about how Neelix died, and he's just what's left. And he slaps the tricorder out of her hand and shouts at her, and then he gets real sick. From, yeah. from his hospital bed, he asks Chaco to take him on a dream adventure, like the Indians do. <laughs> Chaco's down, and the... Uh, I was so fucking bummed. I'm so bummed that he still has the electronic spirit quest. Yeah, but you bummed... Vision quest. Were you bummed when the Indian music started playing in the background? The whole thing bummed me out. Yeah. That was the worst thing that happened in season one. Why'd they bring it back? Well, Neelix asked for it. So anyway, Neelix is going on a vision quest. Um, inside his vision quest, it looks like kind of like what the wormhole aliens seem like. Neelix a little bit, sees yeah. a lot of people he recognizes. He sees his sister Florida talking to Janeway at his dumb party. but She's got real outpost teeth. Yeah, he can't get to her, though. He like chases her all over Voyager and into the Great Forest. She turns out to be a real drag and tells him there's no point in living anymore since the Great Forest is fake. And the forest gets spooky. <laughs> and he finds his dying self who tells him, you know what you have to do. <laughs> and just like General Leia, he knows what he has to do. <laughs> After the She knows what she has to do. <laughs> and she just fucking walks away to die. <laughs> that was the best they could do. By the way, it's been 11 months since that movie came out. No. Yeah, the, no. Five months. No, we saw it on Christmas Day. It's been five, been five months since that movie came out or whatever. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was thinking of the last season of uh, Game of Thrones is what I was thinking right. about. Um, yeah. It's been five months since that movie came out, and more, more and more I find that our reactions in the middle of that movie were completely appropriate. <laughs> Nothing in that movie made sense. Um, I waited so long to make eye contact with you. I oh, waited until uh, I was just a hundred percent sure. I know because I looked over at you about a hundred and sixty times before you looked over. <laughs> I know the whole I time. I'm going, what? I just couldn't do it until fucking until Billy D was in that uh, <laughs> crawler or whatever, which I now think is probably about fifteen minutes into the movie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But boy, did it seem like a long time before I was finally like, okay, yes, we can acknowledge that this is this is just going very badly. <laughs> This has gone very badly, and I think it's going to continue to go badly. You know, not long after that, they have the scene where Chewbacca eats it. And I thought briefly, I went, oh, hold on. Maybe there's something <laughs> here. Maybe there's something. But five minutes after that, he's totally fine. So it's yeah. nothing. Anyway, after the dream, Neelix goes and finds Seven. Um, he apologizes for being a weirdo before and drops lots of very subtle hints that he's not going to be around much longer. Um, but she doesn't understand words and sentences, so she doesn't pick up on him. Uh, then Chaco comes to see him about continuing the dream stuff. 
uh, he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Let's do that later. Then he records his goodbye letter. Probably every member of the crew got one. I have to imagine that he's like he scheduled it to be delivered to Janeway. Yeah. But was that the last of a huge series of letters? Well, Prob- almost he certainly. at least addresses Tuvok in it. So okay. I think he at least gets a point for everyone, even f- fucking Carrie, even though no one's seen him around. Did he die? Yeah, what happened to Carrie? Oh, uh, Carrie got his face stolen. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, by uh, I that didn't creep. Remember in the one where there's a Klingon her and a yeah, and the in the two Balan, too many Balanas. Shit, that was Carrie. I don't even remember these idiots anymore. Yeah, yeah, Carrie got his whole face taken. Uh, it's uh, Bobo Scott Thompson is the guy we haven't seen recently. I don't remember that guy's name, um, but I think he's technically still alive. What about Vorik? Is he still kicking around? I think Vorik must still be alive. Okay. Uh, Neelix goes to the transporter room and tries to beam into the nebula. That is the way he chooses to go. I'm not sure why. Um, he saw Lonely Among Us. Oh, but then he should know that you don't really die because they can just beam you back. Yeah, well, from your old pattern. Well, sure. But uh, he also knows that he can exist out there and make a P on the computer and all kinds of stuff. He would he would make a P and they wouldn't connect it. There you go. What? <laughs> well, even if he made an N. What's this P? I don't understand. Oh, we've oh, listen. We've covered this. If you go into a nebula, don't make an N on the computer. I won't know what that is. <laughs> That's right. Uh, they uh, they block the transport from the bridge, and um, as he has his hands hovering over the tricorder button that will do a sight to sight transport that nobody can block into the nebula, <laughs> Chaco tries to talk him down. I guess Neelix was uh, getting by with the death of his family and his home world, etc. By believing in the wonderful afterlife that awaits. And now that's all ruined. Anyway, Ensign Wildman, that's the baby's mom, comes down. And uh, no, like no security or doctors come with her or anything. I don't think anyone told her. I think that she has just developed this wild codependent relationship with Neelix. Where if he doesn't answer his fucking communicator in 10 seconds, she just goes to wherever on the ship he is. And, and then she walks in and sees him on the transporter pad shaking like a weirdo and Chaco trying to talk him down. And she just thinks this is time to have a regular ass conversation. Kind of because she's just like, where were you? I had to ask a computer where yeah, you were. How come you didn't answer, Neelix? Baby Wildman needs Neelix to help help her get rid of the scary monsters in her quarters. And uh, that's enough for him. He stops trying to kill himself. So she has for sure walked in on him cranking it five or six times, right? And she doesn't she doesn't. Re- respond to that either she just still says no. the baby needs you hey neelix i can't figure out how to make my daughter go to sleep it's your problem now buddy anyway that's all it takes he uh he goes and he helps the baby have a really cool dream about the great forest which we have to see yeah dude oh you thought- we see a child's dream at the end <laughs> you thought we'd only see one dream in this you're a fool know. of course we I don't see know two. i don't know what i thought <laughs> Well, can you tell me what you thought of this episode? Maybe, like, what it was trying to do? Uh, uh, well, it's, first of all, what it was trying to do was just be a weird horror story mm-hmm. about someone who died but didn't really die and mm-hmm. feel like some part of them is missing. Neelix is dead! But I guess maybe um, no one knows what comes after death, so find something to live for now. Yeah. I think that's what they were doing. Yeah. What's up? Um... That's a four. <laughs> so, you weren't as charitable as Ben, who, again, this is his pick of the week. Like, no one's really killing themselves because they were like, hey, what if it's not true? 
I don't know. You'd have man. to be like a real. You'd have to really be looking forward to the Great Forest. I'm yeah, trying this... to think if there's anything I'm looking forward to so much that if it turned out to be fake, that I'd kill myself. I don't. I don't know what it is. This fucking ship has no. There is no psychological help or guidance available on Voyager. No. And Neelix has got a fucked up past. And why? There's this. It's not even about religion. No. This is just his dumb war trauma coming out again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, Ben had it. Finding a sense of meaning in your life keeps the despair from crushing you. And he gave it a seven. I think probably because they did it. They just did a take. This is his pick of the week, but it is always easier when they do a take, yeah. Yeah, and I was sort of in the same direction. I said, uh, belief in the afterlife is a crutch that people use to get through their shitty lives. And I gave that a six. I said, hey, Voyager, way to take a stance on something. I'm surprised he didn't just beam into space and end up in the Great Forest, and then he gets beamed back and, beamed back and brought back to life again, but now he's happy because maybe, and then lots of shrugging. What do you do in this episode with Chakotay just every time he shows up being like, maybe this will make your faith stronger? <laughs> I know. the fuck's going on with him, huh? <laughs> well, what would Don't give up, Neelix. I, maybe there is an afterlife, and, uh, you know, this is like a loophole. You weren't really dead. What would have been great is if uh, he told Neelix to put his tricorder away when they were looking at dead Neelix on that holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know their burial rights. Put your tricorder away. Um. Anyway, I just thought it was just as likely they'd end up with a big shrug going, maybe there is an afterlife? Who knows? I, so I, I for sure it. thought that would happen. Yeah, I absolutely thought that would happen. Um, I'd give it more points if it wasn't already common sense, though. Well, execution. Uh, more unlikable characters from the minds of the shitty Star Trek writers. Neelix finds out there's no afterlife, and instead of going, oh, that makes sense, though. He freaks out and acts like a weirdo. This vision quest sequence eats butt. I still think Ethan Phillips is probably the best actor on Voyager, but it's, it feels like real emotion is still just beyond his ability. I mean, pretty much, He doesn't right? quite get there. He just about kept it together in Jatrell, but he was working against... Jatrell Ham? Just a real ham? He was working so. against Jatrell himself. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was just a four for me. <sighs> ben, ben give it a five. Has a five. Yeah. He says, uh, first off, it's bad that I basically cheer whenever one of our Voyager friends gets fake dead for a minute, right? Yeah. I mean, it's bad for Voyager. Uh, uh, he also says... <laughs> I like that he refers to him as Neelix of Tuvix. That's right. But I would prefer if he referred to him in the Japanese or Korean way as Tuvix's Neelix. That's right. Um, Janeway can't have one minute to make her decision about this therapy. Yeah, he's been, he's been dead been for, dead for 18, 18 hours. hours. Right. Yeah. Uh, so he says it's a mixed bag. I mean, he did give it a five. I guess that's fair. Yeah. He says most of the things around the story are awful. And of course, the Chakotay stuff was very bad. Um, but he likes that they at least attempted a difficult topic. Yeah. And he placed, and they placed it in the hands of largely the two best actors in Jerry Ryan and Ethan Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was only a four. Okay. Uh, 
obviously seeing the little girl's dream is very hack and it's also it's very stupid that it's the exact same set as neelix's vision quest why is her dream why does her dream look exactly the same <laughs> he painted as his such a beautiful word picture yeah apparently when he told her about the uh, great forest for one minute previously <laughs> he described it exactly the same that's a uh, film school work at best like uh-huh. it should i actually the scene would have been better if it was a like totally different forest yeah in her mind. different fucking trees yeah, and exactly shit. yeah just the fucking keebler elves are popping out everywhere throwing cookies at her what yeah. does she know about a forest kids kids love the keebler elves everyone knows it's probably the you know most iconic forest imagery <laughs> uh the electronic vision quest was best left in that one episode of season one but here we are and uh, Voyager has yet again cured death. How can they lose any other crew members after this? They if they don't not. find them for four days? Is that the only... Yeah. If Seven runs out of nanoprobes? If four days later they find half of their head. Yeah. You can expect me to be mad about this whenever it comes up. Yeah. Agreed. But at least they didn't do a mealy mouth technobabble explanation for why Neelix didn't see an afterlife, even though maybe it's real. Yes. Like, that is really the redeeming feature of this episode. It's true. And I, that they were signaling it so hard with Proto Matter mm-hmm. because we all remember Proto Matter is why the Genesis device was weird and that's why Spock came back to life. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, we all seem to be on the same page where it's like against Voyager's incredibly low standards. <laughs> yes. They, did, I mean, again, they did fine. I still only gave it a four. Yes. Yes. Yeah, me too. Um, and I'm afraid I'm, uh, uh, just a two on world building. Okay. We have, uh, Prixen, Talaxia's witchiest celebration of family. Hell yes. So many kilometers. The Borg are definitely racists. Yep. They did not, (laughs) they chose not to pollute their blood (laughs) by assimilating the Kazon. They saw that Kazon that, uh, Nog plays. Gentle reminder to everybody that the Kazon are L.A. gangs. Yeah. That is the exact motivation for them, was the gang Mm, violence in Los Angeles in the 90s. Mm. So think about that for a minute. Yeah, they straight up saw the Kazon and went, no, thank you. Please go away. Yeah, so that sucks, Dick. Uh, Seven just remembers everything that the Borg ever knew when the plot requires it. Mm -hmm. I find that also pretty challenging she talks in this episode about how they will always have a piece of her memory so in a way she'll be immortal but like it seems like she has a lot of their memory well she for sure knows exactly how to do this technique and uh, bring neelix back from the dead in one minute it actually kind of seems like she is uh she's data a little bit in the way that she can recall anything she wants at any time no matter how technical it is yep it's yeah it is kind of weird uh no more death and the return of Chicote's electronic vision quest. I gave it a two for world building. I mean, that's fair. Ben also gave it a two with things like that Talaxian chick's mane is fierce. Um, also, there is for sure a bridge or engineering override on the transporters, which he thinks is broken continuity. They use it the first time. It's just the site-to-site transport that apparently is unblockable. And Neelix thought about this, but also, historically... Both the Enterprise and Voyager are pretty bad at not letting people... We, we saw Data had pretty good control over it until Riker came along and said, what if we were three Datas? And one of the rooms paused for a second because their first reaction was to shout him down. And then they went, 
It's actually surprising, that actually, surprisingly that actually well-reasoned. I actually think that could work, <laughs> <Yeah>. frankly. <laughs> uh, the, you know, Rogadanar and his the, his transporter shenanigans. It's all... Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, historically, it's pretty hard to lock them shits down, I guess. Man, even in season I don't three. think they've even ever tried to lock down the transporters on Deep Space Nine. I think people just beam onto the bridge whenever they fucking want there. Uh, even sometimes from other realities, like from alternate universes and shit. <laughs> Just yes, from in some everywhere. Um, dude, even in season three, Worf was still kind of cool. Remember how he fucking he fucking ambushed Rogadanar in that cargo bay? Now I know he got his ass kicked. He did get beat up pretty bad, but, but he had a cool. But ambush. first, he did pretend he'd left, and then he really was still good. there. It was such a running man ploy. <clears throat> so, it's Jungkook is always waiting outside the door. <laughs> he will sit on the chair and wait there forever. He knows you got to come out. Did you see the one yet where? Uh, it's one of the early ones where Kwang Su got caught through the door, through the wall. Uh-huh. Yeah, he okay. goes to the other side and like peeks through that missing piece of the wall, and he it's doesn't like not see John Cook in the chair because Cook's like down on the ground, maybe, and then he just fucking pops up and grabs his arm. He got him from the other room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pulled his name tag off from another room. Anyway, so you said just a two and uh, a yeah, two for Ben. Two. Uh, here's what I got: Proto Matter, Class One Nebulas, Fire Nut, Coffee. I think. If not a substitute. It's a, some kind of, it's probably a, you know, chicory or something, right? Yeah. Uh, the first day of Prixen. Kazon or Species 329. And again, not cool enough to assimilate. Curing death with Borg nanoprobes. Blah, blah, blah. Seven stole it from Species 149 or whatever she said. Um, Janeway got sauced on Neelix's fucking moonshine during last year's Prixen party. So that's something that happens. They uh, replay the whole scenario on the holodeck, including Neelix's grisly demise. Seems kind of uncool, but I guess that's a procedure they do. All of the bad civilian clothes in that party. Uh, it was a real feast for the eyes. Like, I don't think I have a lot of specific notes on it, but everyone go watch it. It's it's pretty wild what they put everyone in. <laughs> I like how in, in 23-whatever... Uh, there doesn't seem to be one sort of overriding dress code or style or trend. Everyone was doing their own fucking thing, and it was pretty wild. You probably would dress up a little bit if someone invited you to their culture's big celebration, huh? You probably yeah. would at least put on a shirt with a collar. <laughs> if you Maybe got... you wouldn't wear a full suit, right? If someone invited you to Thanksgiving, you probably wouldn't put on a suit. Uh, yeah, no, I would not. Um, but did you have someone in mind specifically in that scene that you wanted to, that you wanted to trash? Oh, I mean, there is a guy in the background who's just wearing a, a suit from the 20th century. Just a regular, <laughs> they didn't even dress, he's too far in the background, they didn't even think they needed to, like, take the, uh, collar <laughs> off of it or whatever they usually do. Does he spike the lens? Uh, yeah, he does. He looks right <laughs> in the barrel of the lens. He's just some extra. Don't know who he is or why Janeway didn't just do the usual thing and only invite the bridge crew. Yeah. Um clothes still get recycled into the replicators uh babies the borg assimilate are put into maturation chambers for 17 cycles so that kind of which could be 17 years it's hard to say what she meant by that but it does it is continuity with the time you see the borg baby that is true you and everyone goes baby what <laughs> why what why did you assimilate a baby what's the baby gonna do for you but i guess they don't waste them they they mature them in the chambers. Uh, the dunes of Talmoth. That's nothing. The uh, the guiding tree in the great forest. Chaco does guided vision quests. 
Uh, Chaco gets off duty at 1,400 hours. What shift is that? I don't know, but he did. it did appear to be nighttime. Because then, like, immediately after he left, Neelix was working on his fucking suicide note, so. <laughs> I give it a three. <clears throat> and uh, characterization. Mm, Neelix wants to bring Seven up to speed from a culinary perspective. He wants to, like, wants her taste buds to come along, along with the rest of her personality or whatever. Um, he knows all about proto-matter. He helps Naomi Wildman sleep better at night. Naomi's the kid, right? Yes. Kay. No? Yes? Baby? Is Samantha the adult? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He doesn't handle it well when he doesn't experience a cool afterlife adventure. TP wants pizza in the mess hall. Also, he says things like, it's not, I'm not asking for much. <laughs> and you just go, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Hey, do you notice how everything Neelix serves is something else because we're a million miles away from anywhere, so it's all fake shit? It's all doing a bunch of tasty fakes? Do you think, maybe, you think he's got mozzarella cheese? Right. You think maybe you are you are asking for much? You fucking piece of shit complaining every week. Um, Seven sees Neelix's diverse function on the ship as a positive. She also believes she's sort of immortal because the Borg Collective kept her memories or whatever. <clears throat> she don't look to me like she really believed it but that might just be good acting yeah, it could be Schmalis is not really helpful and kind of a whiner the whole time Seven is curing Neelix uh, Chaco again with the vision quests mm. well I gave it a four but I just read that I'm giving it a three uh, did you extract notes from Ben? Because he actually wrote kind of a lot on characterization. Yeah, he gave it a four. He says the doctor's constantly sniping at Seven's poor bedside manner uh, slash conversational skills. What the fuck? He's the worst. Yeah, that's why it makes sense. Of course he would <laughs> complain about her because he's the worst. Yeah, he's a real piece of shit. Uh, Neelix is a weirdo, so he determines there is no afterlife and wants to kill himself. Um, a lot of the same beats. Um, yeah, a four, a four for Ben. It's a four for me, too. Uh, I guess Neelix's clownishness is because of his grim GTA 4 backstory. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's the Nico Bellic of this part of the galaxy. He's just been barely holding it together. <laughs> uh, Chakotay has a lot of faith, or expects that faith can conquer anything, but doesn't ultimately have much to say about faith, really. Yeah. He's just the character who's supposed to say the word, faith. Yes, it's like Odo Injustice. Right. Yeah. Uh, Seven is still picking up the absolute basics because she's a tiny baby, and uh, but also she knows how to cure death. So, and is she getting friendlier with Tuvok again? I don't know. She didn't like, even their get relationship the... was bad last week, but now it's better again. And it's like, is that because like did they film this in a weird sequence? And she thinks that the relationship work from Year of Hell counted in some way. It's very say, confusing. She didn't even get to go on an adventure to an alternate galaxy and see herself as friends with Tuvok, and therefore yeah. go, oh well, then I'll be friends with him in this one. Yeah, it's not a predestination paradox, uh, yeah. as with Worf's, uh, I guess, pretty short-lived relationship with Deanna Troy. Yes, yes, it completely abandoned. It's like about a couple, it's a couple of episodes, really. <laughs> then the show ends and no one ever talks about it again. He's probably, you know, the problem is that he wants her to attack him while he reads poetry and she wants him to neg her and it's just, it's just never going to work out. It's true. They're, they want different things in life they, and they in just relationships. Do. Oh... 
so yeah, it was a four for me. Quick ones? I have some some quick hitters, uh, but Ben points out that Ethan Phillips was just in uh, Avenue 5 with Hugh Laurie. Was... Yeah, that guy shows up all over, if you pay attention. I was resisting telling you about Neelix when I was saying the show was... <laughs> Trying to get me to watch yeah, it. Yeah, it was my strong recommendation, so I specifically didn't bring up <laughs> Ethan Phillips, who is in every episode. Thanks, Ben. Uh, yeah, Seven is an adult baby. Um... How was this baby that was born in season two already? Five. <laughs> yep. I, has no one said the word Kazon in front of Seven before? Because she really reacts like, oh yeah, I've heard of them. <laughs> That's right. Species 181 or whatever, and they sucked. I have a lot of experience with the Kazon. We met them once, and it's like, hey, you know, we dealt with them for like two years because we just kept flying out of circle, right? Yeah, well, no one told her. I don't know if Borg have some racial purity ideas too, mm. so... I mean, they're not supposed to be good guys, but they were uh, they were like a weird technological horror and not Nazis before. So I, don't, I still don't love this. Well, fucking you're preaching to the choir, dude. Burned already knows all about this. Tired, I'm sure he tired does. Tired of it. <laughs> um, good thing Neelix explained the Talaxian conception of the afterlife to us a minute ago. Yep. <laughs> this is not. It's never come up before. But now he's dead. Yeah, it's not like if Worf spent 10 years telling us about Stovokor and then someone was able to, like, even, it's not even like it's been definitively proven it doesn't exist, but, like, say that happened. If someone definitively proved there was no Stovokor after 10 years of Worf talking about it, maybe then you'd go, oh, I guess he's going to be pretty upset. <laughs> but yeah, this is the first time we've ever heard of it. And also, just, he didn't remember seeing it when he was in the death zone. So, uh, is the underlying conceit of seven of nine that she knows everything the Borg have ever known. And what's the rationale for that? <laughs> Seems like it's going to keep coming up. Yeah. You know, that cool implant above her eye. That's where she keeps all that. That's, that's pretty good data storage up there, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're up to a couple terabytes. That's all it takes. But you notice everything is information you could get out of a spreadsheet, right? It's always like, um, uh, species three, two, nine. Uh, no, that is true. It says here, not cool. It says they weren't cool. <laughs> Uh, it says they suck and they suck and we hate them. Yep. pretty much. That's what I got on them. What do you guys got? Tuvok gets up there, Matt, at, at Prixen, and he says, uh, "Mr. Neelix has asked me to begin with the traditional greeting, but I'm impatient, so I'm gonna summarize." It. I ain't gonna read it. <laughs> I'm just not just, gonna do it. He just stops, <laughs> and everyone chuckles, and Neelix is in the back fuming about a million things. Uh, at uh, some point when I was writing this, I was deeply worried that it would all be a proto-matter hallucination and that Neelix would get his faith back at the end and Janeway would turn to the camera and say, religion's probably real, everyone. <laughs> yeah, we were all in that zone of fearing that. Did Chakotay have that device set to bad trip? Uh, that's definitely what Neelix went on. Well, again, once, once everyone in the fucking dream was telling him, you know what you have to do. <laughs> Chakotay is like, and obviously uh, Neelix lied about what happened in his dream, but Chakotay's told him, like, you gotta let it sit with you and, and ruminate. Meanwhile, he doesn't know that Neelix was just in there where everyone was telling him to off himself <laughs> in a very, like, pretty explicitly. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, true. I, I gave uh, Best Actor to, I guess, Seven, but to be honest, I wasn't in love with anybody's performance in this one. And Worst Actor, definitely to Neelix's sister, Elixia. <laughs> uh, I do have one more quick hitter. I know you've been dying for it. Yeah. <laughs> we are percent. Yeah. We, we are percent. What? We are percent. We, we are percent. Do it. We are percent. 
and were canceled. Uh, it that's the probably the worst cheerleader concept that's ever been done, frankly. And uh, the like a day after that, they came in and said, "Well, you're all disbanded. <laughs> Go home." Kyla, you're fat. Everyone else, uh, we're done with this. <laughs> they would they would make sure to point that out. <laughs> oh, they just like, you don't want to let that one go. Last address to all the team included. Kyla, you're fat for sure. Uh, do you have some quick hitters? Uh, just the one about the Wildman baby. How she would be a maximum of two years old. What's going on? What do I know though? Maybe that's. Do you think Neelix has told her that she came from another universe? <laughs> <laughs> He's not cool. He Your might mom's have told dead her. there. That's right. You and Harry Kim, you guys are the same. Look at him. Um, yeah, that was it. I, all, all my shit was in the description. Um, Hot. Cool. Yeah, that's two. We did two. We sure did. Uh, third place last week was uh, TOS. This week we watched the last episode of the original series of Star Trek, Turnabout Intruder. Really fucking breathe it in. It's the last time. Yeah. Hopefully the last time I'll ever hear it. Enterprise responds to a distress call from an archaeological mission to Camus 2. And they've been studying a dead civilization. They find the team surgeon. Oh, shit. What was that dude's name? Uh, Dr. Lester? No. No, that's the lady. Dr. Dr. Coleman. Yeah. Dr. Coleman. Who reveals that the the uh, expedition leader, Dr. Janice Lester, has yeah. been exposed to some kind of radiation. And uh, turns out Kirk knows her, and he keeps her company while Coleman and McCoy and everybody go looking for other life signs. It turns out that Lester and Kirk were together romantically for no. a year. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. While he was at the Academy, and also maybe while she was at the Academy, it's unclear. Uh, that was my impression of it, though, yes. Before his duties took him away into space, um, he walks away in thought or something, and suddenly she zaps him with a little box in front of a grate, and then she uses that grate to swap their bodies. Yeah, we're, we're doing a real sci-fi here at the end. And you will see this body swap uh, special. They've really got their money's worth out of this special effect because it plays about 15 times. <laughs> it's always good, too. Everyone's remembering it or experiencing it again. Yeah. Uh, now Kirk is unconscious in her body, and she, in his body, places him back on the bed and does a little play to nobody about how he always wanted to kill her, but he was too afraid to. And she starts to uh, strangle him. And she says, it's better to be dead than to live alone in the body of a woman. I love that finally at the end, we're just getting the clear message of TOS. Yeah. Um, here's how I'm going to handle this. I'm just going to say Kirk and Lester, and you just have to remember that they're body swap. They did a body swap. Yeah. Because I, I can't keep doing Kirk and Lester's body, etc. You can't just say Lester's Kirk or Kirk's Lester. No, 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 no. Anyway, she can't finish the job. I, sorry, Kirk doesn't can't finish the job because <laughs> Dr. Coleman shows up. Everybody returns. They, they, the distraction didn't last long enough. Yeah, but the guy, don't worry about it because he's not going to take the blame for it. I gave you plenty of time. Yeah, well, he gives a bunch of suspicious looks and goes to check on Dr. Lester. And they reluctantly agree to beam her up to the ship. 
Uh, everybody beams back. Kirk starts giving a bunch of orders. He's really enjoying that. Uh, he goes down to sick bay and he tells Coleman that, uh, and they're alone. He tells him he had to end this. He has to end this before she reveals what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Coleman says, I don't know, man. Seems like the best we can hope for is that no one's going to believe her. Yeah. He's like, uh, how's she going to die now? Like she's stable. Like it'll be really weird if she dies now. And he says, I won't murder. And she said, and uh, Kirk says, uh, you already murdered all those other people, though. That's <laughs> right. You could have told them the specific kind of radio. Anyway, she's, he's already a murderer. McCoy shows up and he says, uh, you know, she doesn't seem to have radiation poisoning at all. Yeah. And so Kirk takes him off the case. <laughs> yeah. Kirk. Lester's Kirk. Yeah. McCoy objects, saying that on his sh- ship, uh, on this ship, his medical authority is final. But, uh. Kirk says nah, and he uh, orders Dr. Lester to be sedated when she starts coming around, and McCoy storms out. Mm-hmm. So Kirk goes up to the bridge to settle into his command, and immediately orders a course change to the Benicia colony, where we have been before. Yeah. On the pretense of getting treatment for Dr. Lester, over Spock's object- objection that Starbase 2 is on the way to where they're going, and they have good medical facilities, and Benicia doesn't. Uh, look, there's at least a part of me that after Spock objected six times in a row would insist on going to the Benicia colony. <laughs> Just being like, I fucking get it. Like, hey, Spock. I know what your thoughts are this. on this. You've been talking nonstop for 10 minutes. I get it. Yeah. Uh, if you do an end, try to do an end run around me, I'll snap you back so back hard. So you think you're a first year cadet again. First year cadet again. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyway, things start going wrong right away. Like, uh, Kirk doesn't know the exact details of the mission. He doesn't really know how duties are usually delegated on the bridge. No. Um, stuff that he couldn't have figured out from just reading old uh, Enterprise logs. So, yeah, uh, everyone starts to get suspicious pretty quick. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. It would be pretty hard to pass yourself off as another person. Well, and also I remind you that the mirror universe, Kirk, only got about three steps onto Enterprise before Spock had him fucking hauled off to the brig. And everyone was like, yeah, that's not Kirk. You know, I don't know if we're going to do any kind of retrospective or anything, but. Is that the best scene in TOS? Yeah, probably. Back, that must, I think it's the smartest moment in the history of the show where they just went, oh, no, they already nabbed him. Like no, they got we, him right away. We will have one scene of the other of the real Enterprise, <laughs> and it'll just be those guys in a brig and Spock outside going, well, these aren't our guys. So where well, are our guys? Something's going? up here. <laughs> That's so good. Um, yeah, so. McCoy visits Kirk in his quarters to tell him, hey, Dr. Coleman is not competent to manage this case or any case. Mm. He's not a competent doctor. That's the opinion of Starfleet and the Surgeon General. Yeah. Who has weighed in on this personally. He must have done a big fuck up is my guess. This guy (laughs) fucked up in a big way. For sure he was trying to sell his combined vaccine for uh, MMR, and so he made up a bunch of fake shit about how the existing ones cause autism. It really started a whole fucking problem. (laughs) Yep. It actually kind of directly led to those hippies. That's right. If you think about it. That's true. Those guys were very suspicious of science, for sure. They thought science gave that guy a disease. <laughs> That's. I mean, that is what happened, apparently. <laughs> In TOS, science gave that guy a disease. Just the existence of science. So McCoy shows up and says this guy isn't even technically a doctor or whatever, and Kirk tells him tough shit, and then he says, you know what? You have to go. You have to have an evaluation now. I still have that power. 
Uh, so first, Kirk throws a temper tantrum and shouts about a petty revenge motive, and then he goes right to the bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Lester has woken up in sickbay and called for McCoy, but of course, Coleman's there instead. She briefly tries to tell Chapel, hey, I'm really Kirk. And Coleman's like, yeah, this is her thing. Yeah, This, this is, is her like main delusion, and it's she's been this way for a while. Anyway, go make more drugs, <laughs> and uh, Nurse Chapel just fucking... Uh, you know that's the rest season wrap on Nurse Chapel. Basically, <laughs> everybody, everybody applaud for Nurse Chapel. Um, so yeah, her last act is just being a slow thinker. Uh, Lester gets a good look at herself in the mirror and remembers for about the tenth time what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess sorry. I guess Chapel actually lets her know that they're going to Benicia, and she does this thing where she pretends to drink a little bit of this flat root beer. Uh huh. And then she says, can I drink the rest of it later, please? And when I feel Chapel better leaves, now. I won't do anything. When Chapel leaves, she breaks the glass to start uh, cutting her restraints or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spock and McCoy start going over all of this Kirk stuff because it's uh, his erratic behavior. The news of it is spreading through the ship. Yeah. Like, he's doing a pretty bad job of convincing everybody. <laughs> well, not only is he an irrational woman... Um, he's also insane. He's for sure is insane. In fact, the whole problem could have just been, well, this was an insane person, mm-hmm. but don't worry about it. TOS will make it clear. TOS will definitely not give you that out that you can even have in your head about it. <laughs> yep. Just like when she says, there's no room for women in your world of starship captains in your memory. Like if it's been a while since you've seen it, you could have been like, well, she just means yeah, that he, does, he can't have a relationship with her because he yeah. is, his first only love is... No, that's not what it means. That's not what it means at all. A woman is just can't be the captain, and if she <laughs> and she just can't she just can't be cool about it, and that's her problem yeah. that she needs to deal with. Exactly right. There's a lot of the good and bad people on both sides. Anyway, Kirk shows up for his uh, physical, but at this exact moment, Lester runs in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just bad timing. And Kirk immediately knocks her out with a judo chop and has her put uh, into isolation. I hope she took that out of his memory or something. She was on <laughs> top of the judo chop. <laughs> it's not a moment where she's like, I don't know, my body just knew how to do that. Like, totally it was just like, I just did it. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Uh, Spock uh, convinces a guard to let him in to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Because I guess she shouted enough to make him... And also, of course, uh, they already know Kirk's a wacko. Um, but McCoy's tests confirm Kirk is fine physically, and then he does the special color test to uh, determine if his emotions are fine. The Robiani dermal optic? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's correct. Um, uh, Lester makes her case to Spock and talks about a few of their old memories, um, but then Spock does a mind meld, and that's enough to convince him, even though... It's not acceptable as evidence. Yeah, but at least he knows he's on the right track. Uh, yeah. But, so, he knocks out a guard and tries to make an escape, but they sound an alarm, and Kirk and security come into the hallway, and Kirk has him arrested and calls a public hearing on the charge of mutiny. Oh, no, we're doing this again. So, here's the court-martial. Uh, of course, McCoy and Scotty are the two people who are voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spock demands that Janice Lester be allowed to testify, and uh, <clears throat> while she's being fetched, McCoy says, yeah, anyway, the tests say it's Kirk, so I don't know. I don't know about any of this. Yeah. 
Um, but then Dr. Lester takes the stand and she is very calm. Well, Kirk just loses his rag and talks about how she's a self-hating woman and so on. Yeah. Now who's the woman and who's the man? Yeah. Based entirely uh, on their crazy attitudes. <laughs> Kirk calls for a recess followed by an immediate vote. And Scotty uh, goes up to McCoy in the hallway and says, listen, I know how I'm going to vote. <laughs> You know what time it is. It's fucking little sandwiches in someone's quarters time. (laughs) It is mutiny time. And McCoy says, listen, Starfleet's not going to accept this outcome. And Scotty says, headquarters has their problems and we have ours. And right now, the captain is ours. Yeah, Scotty. Uh, And he says, listen, when we vote to acquit, Kirk's going to rage and that's when we mutiny. And everyone (laughs) agrees we're going to (laughs) mutiny. He says, mutiny. So, he says mutiny seven or eight times. It's a real problem because it turns out when they go back inside that it wasn't a recess at all. No, it was a trick. Kirk was secretly recording the hallway and everyone else was also in there. Yeah, listening. They, they Like, those two must have stood up to leave first and then Kirk told everybody else to hang back a minute. I guess. Chekhov and Sulu weren't out in the hall. It's one of those five-minute breaks where most people decided it wasn't worth it even to get out of their seat. (laughs) They're like, I want to be able to make it to the bathroom and back. Like, who gives a shit? Anyway, Kirk sentences them all to death. Yeah, but we know there's only one death penalty offense on the books. Yeah, Chekhov and Sulu object. Their death penalty is outlawed except for general order. They say four this time. That's not what it was previously, but maybe some have been stricken. And uh, no uh, no one did that at all. And he says, everyone go to your posts. You nears, you go to the brig. He shouts at the guards when they kind of don't want to do it. Um, But by the time they get to Benicia, everyone is like, nah, this is bullshit, though. And no one will carry out Kirk's orders. Yeah, the the standard uh, end of a Star Trek episode where everyone just, like, folds their arms. Yep. So he's really losing it. Uh, also Spock is giving Dr. Lester a special neck massage that almost makes them switch bodies. <laughs> there it's, this is unmotivated. No one knows how Spock thought of this technique or why it works. Spock knows. That's all that matters. Yeah. So Kirk goes running in a panic to Dr. Coleman. Coleman says, well, you have to kill Janice Lester. Otherwise it, you will transfer bodies. Yeah. I know that for sure about this ancient alien technology that we found. <laughs> So, um, uh, Kirk has Dr. Coleman grab a hypo spray uh, and then he takes a phaser and they go down to the brig and Lester struggles with Dr. Coleman and suddenly they switch bodies and now she's back in her own body and Lester cries. She wants Kirk dead and cause now she's never going to be the captain. Yeah. And Kirk tells Spock and McCoy her life could have been as rich as any woman's, yeah. if only. And that's it, man. And that's the end of Star Trek. That's it. That's like the perfect, perfect ending of that show. That line. So, Matt, how did you encapsulate the uh, the premise of this episode? Women are, in fact, hysterical and weak and not fit to be in charge of anything. Yeah. A yeah, fitting yeah. end to a lousy show. Zero points. Yeah, that is uh, that's correct. What? Let's see what Ben had to say about this one, huh? Well, he <sighs> said hate, love, jealousy, all strong emotions that don't lead to effective command. Alternate take sucks to be a woman in the space sixties. <laughs> and he gave it a three. He did give it a three. Uh, unfortunately, I am with you. Mm. Uh, my take: women are coming for your job, and they're going to make a mess of it. <laughs> yep. Also, women should know their place. That's right. <laughs> 
I love. Uh, I like to think of that as a colon, and then in slightly smaller font, women should know their place. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, obviously, that is worth zero points. This is probably the worst premise of any Star Trek. But isn't it so? I just think like. Oh yeah, it's, it's absolutely what they've been is- saying the whole time. Now they just finally said mission statement right here at the end. Here we go. This is what the show is about. The Star Trek did not like did not have a consistent showrunner. No. Uh, that has it has no consistent ideology. Mm. So we've already seen like one episode; it'll be pretty good, and then the next episode it'll be like, uh, everybody just shut up about injustice, right? Or yeah. we have to fight in Vietnam. <laughs> yes, right. The the brush wars were the only logical way to yeah. go about it. Uh, so you know that sucks. But for sure, the big disappointment of Star Trek. It just consistently throughout the whole series is the treatment of women. Mm-hmm. They it's, got it bad. It's just such an obvious blind spot for Gene. I'm optimistic about the future of humanity, Roddenberry. Mm-hmm. Well, he hated we, his bitch of an ex Let's put a black on the bridge. Uh-huh. Let's get a Rusky up there. Even we'll some kind of Japanese. <laughs> we'll have some kind of Japanese. They were the bad guys last time. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely not women. Yeah. It's not good. So you're right. You're right in that sense that it is appropriate for this to be the last episode. But what a piece of shit! Even if they didn't know it was going to be, it's just good timing. You know? Yeah. Um. Well, shit. Uh. Let's get into execution then. Uh, what, what did you think? How'd they, how'd they do on that stain of a fucking take. Uh. In the mirror episode, Rage Kirk gets locked up in seconds, despite having a lot more experience with imposters and weird situations since then the crew lets uh, Lester get away with a lot more. Yeah, he this one gets away with about as much as Animal Kirk did. Uh, yeah, really pretty much. Remember Animal Kirk? I wasn't gonna... I didn't yeah. want to get you in trouble. You remember the great premise of that, that you need to rape a little bit if you're gonna <laughs> be a good captain. Yeah, that's right. Everybody should be a little bit. Uh, it's not really explained why these security guards are suddenly 100% personally loyal to Kirk. Did the writers forget that this isn't the mirror universe yeah. where they do serve as the captain's personal guard? I was going to say, it seemed like he'd already become a little warlord somehow. That these guys yeah. were like his personal fucking crack team of bodyguards or something. Like, it should have been order over when he sentenced them to death, right? They should have been like, well, that's an illegal order. So yeah. we're done here. But no. Mm. Uh, the aspect of their former romantic relationship also really muddies this one up. Mm-hmm. Is she angry at Kirk oh. personally? Has yeah. she been driven mad by injustice? What is well, her Well, how like a woman. So vengeful <laughs> and insane that he didn't, he, did, he wasn't attracted to her saggy boobs or whatever is supposed to be happening. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Coleman is only in this to delay the plot for a couple of scenes. Yeah. They really lean on the special effects and uh, theremin during this one, and of course uh, on Shatner going ham. <laughs> Shatner did some business in this one. <laughs> not a lot. Of, it's not a lot of fun. I did give it two points for letting Shat go wild. Um, Ben gave it a four. Uh, better to be dead than alive in the body of a woman. Wow. Uh, specifically, she says alone in the body of a woman. Ah. Well, so don't worry. True if a woman just had the love of a good man, she'd be okay. She'd be okay. Although Doctor Coleman was seemed like he was right, seemed like he was right there yeah. the whole time. But again, 
Vengeful. It's another trash episode. Vengeful, like a woman is. Like his bitch of an ex-wife. I don't think anyone said Nurse Chapel's name before Janice Kirk says it, so she must have she must have some access to his memory, or it's a flub. That's what Ben I, It doesn't matter. It, it, Chapel knows this is the last episode, and she's just trying to get out. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. Hill, here's what I got. Anything having to do with gender roles is immediately ruined by this lady being crazy. Yes! So you can't really do anything about a study of whether women have it bad or whatever. Uh, they making Kirk... Kirk's just out here doing his fucking nails while he shits on McCoy. <laughs> that is true. Like McCoy's never like, are you uh, buffing your nails? I, it's so insulting. They're like, well, what would a woman do if she was in charge? Probably buff her nails. And I don't know what that tantrum was at the hearing, but I was insulted by it. Uh, yeah. Uh, and of course... This is real This is real bad for all human beings, frankly. <laughs> the proof that a woman is inside him is hysteria, according to Scotty. So, look. Um, I gave it a zero. I gave a double barrels on this one. Zero, zero for me. I mean, listen, I, I do feel a little bit bad about even the two points, but... <laughs> Uh, Shatner in the just really pounds his fist and oh, you, you went, you went rages. He <laughs> went pretty fucking. And then all the, the times when he was like switching bodies, he got to do some cool stuff too. So yeah, uh, world building. Um, more scientists off on some isolated planet. Camus two, the body swapper machine with kooky sound effects. <laughs> The Robiani dermal, dermal optic. Which By is, the way, no attempt at all to explain what the people who lived there used that for. No. How they discovered what it could do, because it just seems like a decorative no, wall panel. No, because as always, we join in the midst, and yep. she's already got the whole plan worked out, and I guess they know that Enterprise is coming, and that she's going to be able to trick Kirk. Yep, like, they really got lucky. It's it, We needed more backstory, because... I know there aren't that many starships, but how did she know she was going to get Kirk? It's it's a very good question. Because we know she wants to get Kirk because she hates him because he jilted her or whatever. When Kirk shows up in Star Trek II, mm-hmm. uh, Carol Marcus is not happy <laughs> no, that she, he's the one who's showing up. She's not happy. It's true. Um, uh, uh, Continuity about the only death penalty offense. I have it as a one. I guess I could see a two. What did, what did you have it at? I have it as a three. Oh wow! Okay. To Benicia Colony, that's also continuity. The Tholian Web, the Empath. So there's a bunch of callbacks. Oh yeah, when she's talking about all the the missions right. or whatever. Um, some more procedure. There's no death penalty on the books except for General Order Four. That was General Order Seven before, so enjoy thinking about that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, I might. It's not not a three. I guess I'll, I'll make it a two. You can you can make mine a two if I didn't. The two is fine. I mean, there's kind of a there's also kind of a thing here that maybe women aren't allowed to command starships. Yeah, but they don't get into it, but so it I don't doesn't know exactly. Like, it's is that her I don't know weird she, thing? Or? Well, what she could be saying is that generally speaking, there is a sexism. Yeah, there's that, a glass ceiling yeah. or something. Like it's not on the books, maybe. Right, but we don't know. They don't. They don't bother to get into it. So. No, because Kirk is immediately like, "You're just such mad a self-hating I left you. woman." Yeah, and 
and it was impo- it was impossible to live with you because you were so self-hating. You're such a bitch. You drove me away. Yes, exactly. You drove me into the other three women's arms. It's probably three women, right? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it was Ruth was one of them, and then... Uh, <laughs> well, that's right. This is back in the Academy. It probably was Ruth. <laughs> you never wore a weird sheer half-dress. Is your name even in the Bible? That's <laughs> what's important to him. Yeah. Uh, what was Ben, a three? Uh, yeah, he's a three. Um, he says, wait, did I hear that woman say women can't be starship captains? That's crazy. Again, we don't really, we don't get the full story on it. Um, just a lot of stuff about how, uh, there's a, he says there's a commanding the Enterprise correspondence course because she's, she claims that she's totally prepared when she yeah. leans on board. <laughs> yeah, she's been doing her research, whatever that means. Uh, and there's also, uh, uh, some inscrutable log entries in this one. Yeah, I have that in my quick hitters. Yeah. Um, I also was, as I was watching, sending them to you because I was so confused and angry. Uh, characterization. Yeah. I guess in this one, Spock is Scotty, Scotty is McCoy, <laughs> uh-huh. and McCoy is Spock. Yeah, they did a little switcheroo on their usual roles. Well, in fact, did they all lean against that same wall? Yeah, all together, but they're all pretty dumb. They didn't realize it. None of them figured that one out. They're all just like, I guess that's me now. <laughs> Was I always Spock? I guess. Uh, Kirk has command presence even in someone else's body, and everyone knows when he's been acting weird. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, that time he went into the neutral zone to steal that cloaking device, I really thought they were going to determine that it was an <laughs> imposter, but it was just him. So th- after that, I started to go, how will they ever know? It's a very good point, because Picard would for sure have been mutinied against. He went on a pirate raid. He was a pirate. It was not even sanctioned by anybody. He just went, I'm just going, I'm going to take a cloaking device. Yeah, if Picard had done any of that, it would have just been on the bridge. Wrecker would have just pointed at Data and gone, mutiny, and then it wore, mutiny, (laughs) mutiny. And everyone just would have nodded, and that would have been it. (laughs) You're done here. Yeah, so after that episode, I'm kind of like, man, maybe they really don't know. Maybe they, it is hard for them to figure it out. Uh, anyway, I think the right score for this is a two for characterization. Okay, that's fair. Um, ben had it as a three. He says, uh, okay, only a couple of minutes into Janice acting as Kirk. It's very hammy like everything that Shatner does, but there are some good touches like him slicking his hair back because it's what Janice's mental impression of a vain Kirk would do. He is vain, so it fits. It's just not his normal behavior. Yeah. <laughs> I just took that as Shat. But also she lived with him for a year, so she should know he doesn't do that. I, I just took that as Shat just to go and be like, what would a lady do? What are women like? Mm-hmm. I think that is really what it was. I think the rest of the episode, Shat's just being like, women are like this, right, everybody? You know what I'm talking about? I brush my teeth like this, but a woman would brush them like this. Um, I had it. She, and not once did she like sit down and squeeze her balls hard or anything and go like, <laughs> oh, what the hell? She's like, sit on one of them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 How do you guys, I mean, how do we do this all the time? Am I right? Um, I had it, God, I had it as a four. Let's read this and see if that holds up. <laughs> that seems high. McCoy, but uh, by the way, I also had it at a four, and then I decided a two was more <laughs> reasonable. McCoy seemed, I think I didn't blame any of the characters specifically for what was happening. Let's see. McCoy seemed grumpy that the lady wanted Kirk to sit with her, but I guess he knows their backstory? But then it seemed like he didn't. 
Yeah. Because he's like, ah, I guess you'll be keeping her company. And he looked like a real grumpy piece of shit. Like, I want to be with the lady. Well, I mean, that was him last week in the cave. Right. But, you know, I don't fuck with McCoy. Um, No. (laughs) You shouldn't. He's trash. He probably doesn't care about this patient, but he doesn't want anybody else being the medical authority on Enterprise. Right? I don't think he cares what happens to this lady. I agree. Kirk is a baby who thinks he was the one who was punished, not the victim of prejudice that he benefits from. Right? Doesn't he say that to her specifically, that he was the one who yeah, was basically. punished by her? His his entire narrative is that her self-hating behavior made it impossible to live with her. Mm-hmm. And you know he loves to settle down. <laughs> that's, that's his main thing. You uh, know a full commitment's what he's thinking of. It's, uh, yeah, I have your Kirk left this lady because of self-hatred she had about her gender. Um, Nurse C is a brunette this week. I don't think she's well-trained with emotionally challenged patients. Uh, but, well, yeah, it doesn't seem that way. She just takes that lady's word for it that she's all better now. Well, you know what? It's probably, here's the thing, is in the future, they just erase your memories of your dad. Oh, also, didn't we learn that there were only like eight mentally ill people alive in the galaxy? Yeah, that's right. There was the last six uh, six crazy people in the world or something oh, were on that planet. All right, that actually does make sense. Then. Yeah, why would she have experience with this? <laughs> God, Star Trek. Spock is loyal and knowledgeable, but is not a deep planner. He doesn't come up with any cool <laughs> no. schemes or anything to beat Kirk. He just keeps saying he did a mind meld. His escape is essentially just like Kirk in the Cloud Minders, where instead of just beaming him back out, he has to judo chop a guard <laughs> and then walk through the city, presumably. Yep. Uh... I think I sent you this note offline. Scotty isn't a little bitch titties fucking punk ass bitch ass capital B bitch like McCoy. And he's not down to condemn (laughs) Spock to death just because they don't have enough evidence yet. Yep. Uh, Maybe that's why I got as much as a four. I like Scotty in this one. (laughs) Uh, Scotty's for sure the most likable character. But it's uh, Scotty's also usually pretty by the books. Also, he is the one who claims that the hysteria is what gives away that there's a lady in him. That is true. All right, make it a three. (laughs) And it's just so weird for McCoy to be like, they're never going to buy this back at headquarters. Yeah, normally he doesn't. He's just shouting all the crazy stuff in his head. Exactly. Oh, give me whatever quick headers you wrote down. So this lady in, in Kirk's body... Her presence is supposed to be what's responsible for all that Shatner jaw acting. <laughs> and the judo chopping. Uh-huh. That seems mm, implausible, because I've seen all that stuff in Shatner before. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. She gave a personal log explaining <laughs> how she'd kidnapped the captain's body. Why? <laughs> Did she not know those get transmitted? Wait a minute. He... I don't think Kirk knows because he gets busted by the same shit in Star Trek Six. I know, I know. But why would she give that log, though? It uh, no, it's, it's, it's wild trash for sure. And then he gives a captain's log from inside her body? From the <laughs> bed where she's always sedated? <laughs> and, she, and she's the talk of the office? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, 
both of those things happening in the same episode. There's always weird log shit happening on Yeah, yeah, yeah. what's the captain's log? It's it's inscrutable for sure. He's always giving them in the strange tenses, like in the middle of a mission while they're in prison, just like random logs. But like this one was really baffling. And man, we had to go out with White Uhura. Oh, I know. Uhura wasn't even in this one. Wasn't she also not in the last one? There was or She'd the been, one before. She's been not in a couple of them, Ugh. but I think she was in the last one. Well, that sucks, dude. That's a bad way to go out. Um, I think the only thing I'll miss from TOS is Spock's funky mind meld music. <laughs> it is extremely funky. That fucking bass kicks in, and you're just like, oh, oh shit. We're doing a mind meld? It is. It's mysterious and somehow intimate. Yeah, it's fucking... Um, a little uh, Barry White-esque. Um, Kirk's pirouette in that scene in the end made me laugh pretty good when he was having such a fucking uh, body swap fit that he fucking spun himself around. Doesn't she then scream, kill him? Yes. <laughs> uh, her life could have been as rich as any woman's, if only. <laughs> After that, Maybe. They fucking don't even say they leave it to you because you know. Yeah. You know what? Ten seconds she after. She wasn't uppity. Ten seconds after that line is uttered and ends the show, Netflix asked me to give TOS a thumbs up or a thumbs down. <laughs> what do you think I gave it? <laughs> How do you think I'm feeling about it right now? <laughs> I was like, well, this isn't the right time to ask me at all. Uh, it knew I finished the series and it was curious. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, that's it for TOS, man. Woof. Yeah, uh, Ben points out uh, some of the uh, body swap acting in the captain's chair, etc. <laughs> he says it's mind-blowing and defies description. <laughs> I really, it's it's very special. Uh, I don't have much, but I do think that those guards are going to get a real Will Riker-style talking to for grabbing a phaser and defending their captain. Oh, yeah. You know, now that Kirk's back in his own body? Yeah, Pegasus-style. Yeah, they're going to be very disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave uh, best actor to Spock and worst actor to Coleman. Yeah, he was nothing. He was a for sure nothing. So we shouldn't add him to the actors' rankings. Well, he doesn't qualify. He's only in one episode. Okay. But uh, yeah, I agree. We shouldn't. And um, moving along, second place last week was Enterprise. Hmm, pretty high finish for them. Yeah. Well, this week we watched Borderland. Uh, we see a Klingon bird of prey uh, hauling in a transport shuttle carrying two humans uh, who immediately start beating ass and take over the ship. Hell yeah, dude. Fucking kung fu up in here. They uh, Dudes go flying. Mm-hmm. They ice Martok, who's there for some reason. Yeah, dude. Fucking Martok's back again. It's wild. Uh, cut to a prison in San Francisco. It seems like it's at Starfleet Academy, but why would there be a prison there? Oh, you didn't know they built the big prison there. And Brent Spiner is there, and no one says his name or who he is. So, you know, he's Brent Spiner. Yep. And he gets a visit from Captain Archer, and Archer has a bunch of questions for him. Uh, the walls of his cell are covered with a bunch of hand-lettered DNA sequences that he claims will improve the human race. Mm. 
And Archer says, listen, a Klingon ship was captured. The crew was jettisoned into space, but there was DNA on the bodies and it matched augment embryos that you stole 20 years ago. What? Up on the ship, which is in uh, space dock, getting all fixed up. Yeah, seems like it's mostly done. Uh, Archer has called the crew up in all their uh, casual clothes, just like in Star Trek Three. Oh, she was getting her groove back again? Yep, probably. Um, and he tells them, okay, so this guy, Soong, God. used to work at a secret medical facility named Cold Station 12. Uh-huh. And everyone's heard of it, despite the fact that it's top secret. Uh-huh. Because they immediately ask, oh, isn't there a bunch of biological weapons there? And he's like, yeah, and a bunch of genetically modified embryos from the eugenics wars. Mm. That's why it's a secret. That's why Except it's a secret. Mayweather knows about it. It's the kind of secret that everyone in Starfleet knows about. Um, But here's the deal. Soong knows these augments. He lived in the Klingon-Orion borderland where the ship was captured and raised them for 10 years. Uh-oh. So we're taking him with us because we got to prevent a war. The Klingons are very mad. You know, I remembered parts of this whole thing. This is a spoiler, everyone. This is not going to be one episode. No, it's a three-parter. And even though I remembered it, I was still very disappointed when they said they were taking Data with them. I mean, Spiner. I mean, soon. Yeah. I was like, no! <laughs> uh, on the augment ship... Uh, the leader shows up. He's not one of the two dudes and he's pissed off that they attacked this ship without his authorization. Mm-hmm. Uh, soon comes aboard. Archer locks him in his quarters. Trip and T-Paul have a little conversation about her marriage. She asks whether she went on her honeymoon. I wasn't sure if he was trying to be like conciliatory mm. or beat it or trying to be a dick. Yeah. Could sounded, be I thought he was being accusatory, but yeah. maybe not. <laughs> Uh, it seemed like he was being accusatory until she didn't know what he was fucking talking about. And then he was like, <laughs> he had to, he had well, to you, change his tech. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you, you stayed on Vulcan for a couple of weeks after you got married. That's why honeymoon. Just like, wait, just after like, you get married, what you do is you go on well, a vacation. It's like a cool uh, vacation. I guess I'm just, I want to know if you love your husband. Do you, how are you guys doing? <laughs> do you love, are you in love with him? Oh, that's well, nice. I didn't. I didn't know how to ask, and it came out aggressive. That's really nice. You know what? I changed my whole attitude since I walked in here. Anyway, uh, Archer comes up, get, does to do some business about his new fucking command chair or whatever, mm. and then uh, Enterprise leaves dock, and they start making for the borderland. Cool. Uh, Archer calls T-Pole in. She's wearing a red jumpsuit, but it's got a fucking patch and some rank pins on it now. Mm. And he uh, congratulates her for joining the crew, gives her an old-ass compass. She seems like she's going to fucking cry about it. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, soon goes down to talk to Phlox, and they get in an argument about genetic engineering. Uh, at this point, the Enterprise comes under attack from uh, a couple of Orion Interceptors, which are way strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They blast the shit out of Enterprise. Yeah. And uh, and then once... Uh, there are no shields, so I guess once they get close enough or whatever, they start beaming out crew members, including T-Paul. To- total of nine people get stolen, and then they fucking warp out. Do they have one of those cool scanners that detects the good stuff? Uh, no, I mean, based on who they got, I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just wondering how they chose those. They got T-Pole and she sold for a lot, but the the other people, I don't think they were anyone special, really. No. 
So Archer goes to talk to Soong because, again, he's the expert on this region. And he says, yeah, they're going to be sold as slaves. You're never going to get them back, uh, but they're probably being sold on Varex 3. And yeah, I can get you into the station. But again, please give up on getting your crew back. Mm-hmm. So, but he knows they won't. They go to the station. They beam aboard. T-Paul has met a new character who seems like he's going to be important, but I assume it's just because he's going to die in part two or part three. <laughs> That's also what I assume. I don't remember. His, his name is Anson Jeffrey Pierce. He gives you his whole fucking name. And I, he's about to cry. He's like the, um, in the episode where they get nullied by crazy beasts, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's the scared, he's the scared kid. But I did note, I don't know if you agreed that he was the best actor on the show. Uh, yeah, that is correct. <laughs> He at least was acting like a guy who was scared and was going to shoot his pants. He looked a little bit like Seth MacFarlane, and I didn't like that. Oh, especially because he's already been on the fucking show. Right, exactly. Oh, they should have just used him. Uh, T-Pole gets auctioned off by the big show for uh, 3.6 million quat loser, whatever. Don't just skip over it. We're talking about WWE's former champion, the big show. All seven foot two, 500 pounds of him. He's got a... <laughs> Please, please never use WWE stats. <laughs> They're so insane. When they, every time, every time they said 500 pounds, it made me laugh. Every single time. He's a big dude. I, yeah, I would you. believe 350. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but 500? I've seen him next to Shaq because they wrestled against each other once, and they are of about equal height. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's a full seven feet, but he's around seven feet. And he's, you know, he's big. So, yeah, he's 500 pounds, though. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Anyway, you know UPN was... This is when UPN had the wrestling shows. And I'm not going to lie, we aren't that far from an episode where The Rock is on Voyager. Rock is on Voyager. So <laughs> we're getting into it. <laughs> anyway, he's got a bald cap on and he's painted green. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so <laughs> T-Pole gets auctioned off. Um, the... Lady, meanwhile, on the other ship, the Lady Augment provokes a fight between uh, Malik, who was one of the Kung Fu guys, and uh-huh. Rakeen, the leader. I just called she's him a, Forehead. That's what I She's inciting some stuff, let's say. Yep. We learned her name at the very end. It's Persis, but at this point, I had no idea. I knew it because I had her in the card, the online, whatever, <laughs> okay, mobile that game. makes sense. Uh, Archer has found all of the crew... And he even buys Jeffrey Pierce and he bribes a guard to leave their weird slave device on his neck so that they can examine it and figure out how to turn him off, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rakeen tries to ambush Malik but gets killed in a double cross, just gets knifed. The whole crew is against him. Yeah. Uh, Archer deactivates all the restraining devices and the slaves run wild and he starts having his people beamed up. But at this point, Soong stuns him. And makes a getaway and zaps his own transponder that they put into his neck and told showed him exactly where it was uh, for the purposes of tracking him. So now they can't track him anymore. He's running around the station. Archer chases him through the market. There's some decent business with these handcuffs that he's been wearing that Archer has a remote control for. This is an incredibly long scene. Where yes, they free it's most all, of the episode, frankly. Yeah, where they free all of the slaves and everyone's running around and he's chasing what's his name around. Like, this goes on a super long time. It, it really is a very, like, there's a whole setup where somebody notices them knock out a guard uh-huh. and then goes and tells another guard. It's a whole thing. There's a scene where a guard teeters like he's about to fall over for like 40 seconds. 
Oh, it is comedy. So uh, T-Pol kicks have... the big show in the nuts. <laughs> yes. It's... There's a lot that happens there. Uh, anyway, at the end, Soong has, has had his uh, handcuffs locked up. Uh, and he's in a room that's got those fucking Zorro pegs that are on the outside of all the buildings. And you know what I'm talking yes, about, Yes, I don't right? know what they're for. They Just must right, have some kind of purpose. I'm, I'm sure the Alcalde put them there for a reason. Uh-huh. But he, uh, anyway, he so he uses the handcuffs to hook himself on one of those. And he's trying to mantle over some wall. And I don't know why there's no roof there. Like, I don't know. I don't understand is. anything about where this is. It looks like and, they're in a giant warehouse that for some yes. reason has like some fucking But it's got short some walls. interior short walls. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Anyway, Archer deactivates his handcuffs and he falls and he takes him back up to the ship and throws him in jail. Yeah. And he accuses Sung of having set the whole thing up and basically that's true. And uh, Sung says, listen, just let the augments go. They're the future. They've got all these enhancements and they're not going to get sick. And, you know... No one needs to die the painful death that your dad did of Clark's disease. (laughs) (sighs) Everyone, everyone in the fucking galaxy knows how to get to Archer. Well, I mean, Soong definitely read up on Enterprise when he was planning this elaborate mission, for sure. Uh But, like, yeah, it doesn't. You don't have to spend a lot of time with Archer to know how to get to him. Anyway, for whatever reason, it doesn't work this time. Mm. Um... Uh, T-Paul and Trip have another tiny little relationship conversation where she's like, we never boned or whatever. I forget what she Dude, says. That, I think that is literally, she's like, I went alone. I was, I took a, my, I, I just meditated some, for a couple of weeks. Took and, some uh, me time. And yeah, I never even let him see it. That's right. He's never seen me down. He's seen the tit. You can't help but see the tits. I mean, obviously. And I, they are also, they are permanently that way, but <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, the Orions attack again. They force the Enterprise out of warp, but now the Augment ship shows up and drives them off. Mm-hmm. And Malik comes aboard to arrange for Soong's release. He uh, takes Archer by the throat. The other Augments storm the ship. They have just no trouble taking the Makos out. Yeah, well, they're and Augments, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. They rescue Soong. And Soong tells the Augments to let Enterprise go for some reason. And he tells Archer, go back home and start learning to speak Klingon. Yeah, I guess the whole backstory here is that these augments did something bad to some Klingons and that the humans are going to get blamed for it. Right, yeah, That's, they're real mad about it. Yeah. Uh, before then we he even, goes, before, and we're not done, because he, uh, he goes to the bridge of the Klingon ship and he tells the augments that thousands of their brothers and sisters are waiting to be born on Cold Station 12, and then he ends the episode saying, let's go get them, and then it's a to-be-continued. Fun. It's fun stuff. But I was going to say, before we get into the rest of it, uh, how did... How did they know Soong was on Enterprise? Did he tell them? How did he know? Oh, he sent that message. He sent the message. According when to he was... Archer, he sent a message from a console, and I guess they probably first went and looked on that planet, and he wasn't there. Maybe, yeah. Because I don't think he had time to send a message after Archer snagged him. Yeah, I think. Yeah, okay. All right. So. Oh, boy. So, Matthew. Mm, so, what's this one about? Like, we, it's only episode one. Um, so, they didn't really get into anything. It was a lot of uh, kicking in the nuts, uh, like such as. Um, scientific research without limits can have harmful consequences. I guess this is the take, though because it's a multi-episodic arc, we didn't really get into it. Right? Yeah? I mean, we absolutely did not. Ben had... Uh, that's a five. 
Ben has it as a three objectifying people as bad. He went just based on the extremely long scenes in the Orion <laughs> slave market. Listen, 90% of the episode is about slaves. <laughs> yeah, if it's based on screen time, I get it. Like, that's where the episode took place. <laughs> but, like, I have no idea if they... I think everyone just agreed that the Orions were bad for making people slaves. But he's also saying that Soong uses the augments as his... As his experiments to prove he's right. There doesn't seem to be any basis for that. I don't know. They seem to think of him as their great daddy. Yeah. And he at least pretends to be emotionally attached to them. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, He didn't recognize Persis. I didn't like that look. Uh, He saw her when she was 10. Yeah. Uh, Was he going to try to F her? What's going on? There's only 19 of those people. Well, there's hundreds he, he more. He should have recognized her. Anyway. There's a bunch more waiting. Yeah. For next week's episode, Cold Station 12. I split the difference between the two of you. I have it as a four. Okay. Just because a thing can be done doesn't mean it should. Hmm. The, uh, the problem isn't the belief that he has in improving humanity through science. The problem is his insistence that it has to be done at any cost. Yeah. It's a little bit of a wet take here because no one really argues this in the real world. And also because whatever whatever you can read as the take of this episode, it's obviously subservient to a bunch of dumb action. With uh-huh. some, like a, he- a healthy dose of slapstick also. Yes, plenty of slapstick in this one. Uh, it's a subheading slapstick. Yes, uh, check your databases. Check your, uh, the humor subheading slapstick. <laughs> How did Dina not slap him in the head? <laughs> Wouldn't you, man? And it was, especially if I got as much emotion as Data's got, how did he keep that under control? Wouldn't you be like, all right, you, all right, you got the fucking, you got the transporter thing right <laughs> one time. <laughs> now you're the computer guy. Yeah. Now you know about relational databases. Uh, um, Ben's a four on execution. He says it's bonkers, but it scratches his Trek itch, and he's into it. Yeah, he was like, he uh, he didn't give it a high score; he gave it a four. But he talks about how he this should have been the pilot, this should have been the pilot, and then everything else should have been a fucking backstory. I, I think by the end he's turned on a little bit when he's asking what's up with the teetering gag with the Orion, and uh, there's too much stuff going on that's totally separate. The feuding with the augments is don't, we don't care about them yet, yeah. etc. And it's true. They launch right into the episode with the augments. So you think you're going to do a lot of that business. And then yeah. there's just a lot of the big show. <laughs> For me, it's a three. Um, these mini arcs, I think are going to hurt enterprise's score. Uh-huh. That's just my theory is that they're not, well, we've looked into it. I have There's, had the numbers, and Voyager and Enterprise are very bad at two-parters and three-parters. They're stretching them out, and so it's going to hurt takes, I think, particularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get that they can't put a caption on the screen when we see Brand Spiner that says Noonien Sung's great-grandfather <laughs> or whatever. Also, it's so dumb to say it. Like, I know they can't do that, but they make very little effort to introduce him. Yeah. They, like, uh, Archer, Archer's whole team has come in in their civvies. Like, they didn't have a lot of time to think about this. They all know who he is. Yeah. T'Pol knows who he is. Yeah. They 
They don't say his first name. Um, this really reminded me of season one when there were they did like 19 callbacks to something from TNG, but then <laughs> they'd never bother introducing any of it, and they were just like, well, anyone who's watching this has watched TNG. Exactly. And it was like, you idiots, you're so stupid. Your numbers are only going to go down if you're, all you're doing is saying, all we can hope for is whatever TNG got. You're going to get less than that. They just you have say, to open it up. They just say, like, in the briefing, he just says Soong. Yep. It, it's not like, he just assumes that Mayweather knows who the fuck this guy is, that Hoshi knows who he is. By the way, if I've seen TNG, I still don't know who this is. That's right. It's not helpful. I know, I know it's Brent Spiner. I know who my Soong is, but who's he? <laughs> yeah. Is it like, because, first of all, is it Noonien Soong? Does he live a million yeah. years? Is that why that old man makeup was so crazy? <laughs> is he 300? <laughs> Is it his dad or his grandfather or his great? Like, help me out. Yeah, do something. They do nothing. They do. I mean, I know they can't say that in that episode because they don't know the other guy exists. It doesn't mean, yeah, right. But, but like, like there's nothing. Say, his, say his name. Give me a little bit of backstory. Like, say this is Dr. Eric Soong. He believes in, uh, gen- he's, he believes in eugenics. Yeah, he was put creep. in prison for all of this eugenics. He's been in jail because he stole a bunch of those con babies. Yeah, it's. Mm. Um, also. Uh, same with Persis. You learn her name with two minutes left in the episode, and she's doing all the manipulation behind the scenes. It was a real anorak situation. Yeah. Uh, I think they could have spent more time dealing with the Klingon diplomacy angle yep. instead of the internal augment power struggle, which doesn't seem necessary at the end of part one, because like now Soong is their leader. It doesn't matter that Malik killed Rakeen. Because Unless... now Soong's running the fucking shit. Like, I assume it'll matter later, yes. but like... You could also have just started with Malik in charge, yes. and he's a wild asshole. Yeah, and then I wouldn't have ever had to have seen Forehead. Yeah. That's what I call the other guys. Yeah, big Forehead. Um, The Orions seem really powerful. Yeah. Uh, which is weird, because they don't... They never appear to be a major player in any of the other series. DS9 straight turns them into the Mafia. Yeah, so it's kind of a distraction that they're so strong here. Yeah. So it was a three for me. Um, I agree. It's a three more jacked models who get the majority of the acting and character work plus Spiner. It's a dream come true. It's my dream personally. Um, and they felt the need to like have Spiner interact with every fucking character. Like they were just saying, everyone's going to fucking love this. Everyone loves Spiner. Let's put him with flocks for a minute. Have him do a flocks thing. And yep. then let's have him with trip. And he can spar with Trip for a little bit. And it's like, I don't want to see him anymore. Please yeah. stop. Knock it off with this. Um, it's too much Spiner. Like Ben, I was I thought this was a lot of weird side adventures so that we don't use up this paper-thin plot too quick. <laughs> um, I will say it wasn't completely dull. Like, it, it kind of held my attention. There's a lot happening. It's just very dull. A lot of it was dumb, and I didn't understand where it was going. So, just a three like, for me. Like, Archer has half a plan when he goes down there. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just go down there and start shooting up the place. Like, when he runs into Teepole, he's not like, I'm going to bust you out right now. Like, yeah. they finish finding everyone else. They beam him up. They do all that shit. He seems borderline competent in this one. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, that, by the way, always happens in the ones where he is not getting any character work. Yes. When they're like, it's not really about him. It's not about him. So this week he doesn't suck. Yeah, he seems competent in those. And then any episode about him, the whole time you're like, this guy's a fucking moron. Uh, so yeah, so three from me, three from you, four from Ben. Um, world building. 
uh, this is probably the strength of this episode. Um, the augment uniform is stylishly torn muscle tee. <laughs> it's all ripped clothes. Like, okay. Every one right. of them. Soon, soon's been gone for 10, 10 years or so, 12 years, right? But like, they couldn't, they didn't, they couldn't barter for more clothes. They can steal a Klingon bird of prey. They can't get any shirts. They didn't, why aren't they wearing Klingon shit right now? It's, it's insane that they thought that that was like a sci-fi thing to do. For them like, to be I think like, they'll all be in torn shirts. For sure, when you see Khan's gang yeah. in in part two, they are all wearing fucking vests and headbands and shit. Yep. And it's like, oh, they've been, uh, they were, the world they were on turned into a desert yeah. years and years ago and no one's checked up on them and they ran out of all their yeah. good they shit. They ain't getting no supplies. They didn't dress like that because they were augments. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. It's the augment uniform for some reason. Just um, like when all the fucking Jedi dress like they live on Tatooine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just, as just like, and then you just go. Why does Uncle Owen dress like that? <laughs> He's a Jedi too. You didn't. He doesn't know. even like Jedi. <laughs> uh, whatever they did to mess with their genes also taught them martial arts, um, <laughs> and a silly, self-important manner of speaking. But yeah. they all sound like they're half British or something. More continuity about Archer's cool reputation now. Uh, that I guess will fade significantly over time because ain't nobody talk about him in the other shows. Uh, I mean, there is a mention of the planet Archer 4. Is that in, really uh, named after him? Well, maybe. <laughs> um, it's um, after the pasting we gave them on Archer 4. I, I, uh, it is true that Riker kind of says Archer 4, but... <laughs> yeah, he puts weird emphasis on the back half of that. Yeah. On Archer 4. Also, that wasn't an alternate universe, so who knows? Yeah. Ah, uh, shit. Okay. Uh, the first ships to colonize the solar system were nuclear-powered. We're doubling down on the eugenics wars, I guess, even though it's moronic. It would have really have been better left Yep, alone. Oh, don't worry. This whole augment thing is going to mess up so much. Um, uh, yeah, I know. 30 million died in that war, they say. The borderland between the Klingons and the Orions. Oh, even Phlox has a reputation now. By the way, 30 million people dying is pretty good, considering that Khan took over a quarter of the planet. Yeah, it's kind of weird that more didn't die. How, how it did seems like that? it could have been more. Uh, Archer got his new captain's chair. T-Pole apparently doesn't have to wear a fucking uniform. She just puts on the fucking insignia or whatever. Yeah. Uh, like you said, we get a look at some Orion interceptors, the Orion slave processing centers... Have we we've already seen Orion stuff in this show, right? Oh, uh, wasn't there did a we slave maybe lady? See a slave lady at some point. I think a slave lady tries to get Archer to do a business. Uh, they put one in this where uh, her her nipple is covered by a belt, and that's about it for her. So it's like they really this is the sexy one, and they really wanted to make sure they got that in there. Uh huh. To the point where then uh, Archer has to go. They sell their own women. Uh huh. Or no, they sell their own people, and then, and then soon uh, soon goes, just the women. Uh, by the way, I'm crazy horny about them. Mm, they have innate talents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a racial it's theory. The, the nonsense. Racial memory is what's happening. That um, is racial. So, I mean, hey, it's, it's still better than <laughs> the Gothic castle <laughs> and black cats and all that. Oh, uh, boy. Um,. 
So I remember that right, that we've already seen Orion stuff. Uh, what about the Silver Bloods? Have we seen that yet? <laughs> no, we fucking still haven't seen that. I don't, I don't believe you. I think we saw that episode like <laughs> two seasons ago at least. I think it's in this season. Well, time will tell. I think when I figured out what the fuck you were talking about, it was from this season of Voyager. Uh, anyway, they, uh, the Orions seem to keep their genitals in the normal place. Yeah. Um, for once we see some non-Arabic numerals. But during yes. the whole bidding scene. Exactly. During the, uh, during the very silent, dignified bidding. Yes. I mean, it's not that dignified. Show is picking her up and shaking her all around. <laughs> but, but from the bidders. Uh... They really made full use of the big show. They, I mean, for yeah. real, they did. Uh, would you say that he was somewhat discourteous to her lately? <laughs> he is Captain Insano, it's true. <laughs> slightly discourteous? I would have to say Captain Insano, even though he has been slightly discourteous to me recently. <laughs> um, Soong enhanced these augments intellect, strength, lifespan and resistance to illness um archer's dad had some illness you say Cl- dave the dave clark's clark. disease dave. president clark's disease <laughs> yeah, i went dave clark you went president clark <laughs> that's right um vulcans don't have honeymoons i gave it as much as a five ben uh, agreed and had it as a five ben includes things like why aren't augments more of a widespread thing you see he thinks that's weird um, well, because they've been kept in this top so secret. It's so fucking secret. It's the most Cold Station 12. secret secret that Mayweather knows for sure. Yeah. Uh, he says he thinks it was continuity when Tripp said, don't hit that button, referencing jettisoning a certain killer pod. I will admit that when he said, don't touch that button, I thought of the same thing, and I have no idea if that's what they're going for. Uh, the notes on Memory Alpha say it's a reference to the, uh, the Picard's new captain's chair in fucking... I don't know. Let's say first contact and the button actually puts the seat belts on. Oh boy. One of those dumb movies. Yeah. I don't know nothing about that. I don't remember those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also, also immediately thought of jettisoning pod, <laughs> jettisoning the pod. <laughs> Cause that's the one you can't push. It's just them. fucking labeled jettison. <laughs> you can't push that unless the situation is exactly right. <laughs> it's the one thing we were never really able to figure out from that episode <laughs> is why that situation happens often enough that you need a button for it you just do uh denobulans have used uh, genetic engineering successfully for two centuries but they frown on re-engineering the species he gave it a five as well uh and i agree it's a five i uh, we have that fun bird of prey model i don't know if that's new or not but it's there mm-hmm. uh cold station 12 the augments orion slave markets vulcan honeymoons genetic engineering you know all the same beats okay all right character work i'm a three on character work crisis um, alert sorry it's, first of all it's not a character episode no uh t-pole and trip are uh dancing around each other but she wants him to know she's not in love with her new husband i guess mm-hmm She's also pretty okay dealing with scared Ensign Pierce. Yeah. I th- the, uh, like you said, he's pretty good. He's a pretty good actor in this uh, context, but I thought that was a decent scene with her. 
Uh, she doesn't just try to tell him there's no logic in being afraid or whatever. And she's fucking, at least learned not to say that. She doesn't. Uh, she doesn't look have a look on her face like she smells shit. So it's all it's pretty. It's pretty good for her. Archer seems to think Soong is despicable, but though I feel like he would be more vulnerable to Soong's arguments given his character, how he doesn't like being held back. Yeah. Uh, obviously idolizes his father to an unhealthy degree. I'm surprised they didn't say that. He's like, you you guys all try to hold me back the way the Vulcans held your dad back. That would have been the way to go. Yeah, it just... Not your dad had Dave Clark illness. I don't know where Archer is. He was insane last week. Yeah. And this time he's like, you piece of shit. You're a real asshole with your genetic engineering. But it's like, it seems like... It would be more in character for him to be kind of sympathetic. Okay, so you know how the ship was in space dock for a while and it got totally fixed and now it's 100%? Uh-huh. He fucked on top of a mountain. And now <laughs> yeah. he's 100%. I got it. Yeah, he's fine now. He's fine. <laughs> he's geared. <laughs> he doesn't have a counselor, Troy, to go, really? Why are you going home? <laughs> yeah, going home, huh? It's a weird place to go. You're home. Huh? Do you have friends as a kid or what was the deal? <laughs> Is the, is the most feeble Picard we've ever had. He just cops to it. He goes, well, no, I didn't have any friends, and maybe that's why I'm bad with kids. Uh, so it's a three three for me. Uh, I agreed it was a three. Uh, again, even more will they, won't they, with Trip and T-Pole. She's married, but we still have to do this. We've been doing it for like two years. Um, T-Pole is oddly emotional about Archer's gift to her. Uh, yeah, I didn't. But that's it's, her again, now, I guess. It's unmotivated, but I, yeah, like you said, I think that's just her now. Uh, Reed had his phaser 18 inches from this dude's head and still didn't trust himself to make him a stain and save Archer. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he needs to get his groove back. It is. It's pretty wild that neither of those dudes took that easy shot. Literally, like, uh, as close as like, I, I am guess to my he, monitor He's right got now. good reflexes for sure, but like, <laughs> and, can he move faster than a, a plasma bolt? I was and also... Say. Maybe Flox could fix a ripped out throat. <laughs> I was going to say, in Star Trek, you maybe can avoid phasers. It's unclear. Yeah, I mean, that is true that in Star Trek, like, you know what it is also in Star Trek, there is kind of a wind up when you push that thing where it kind of just go whoop before it <laughs> shoots. Right. Yeah, it has to hit the emitter for some reason. Uh, yeah, just a three for me. Ben's, ben gave it a four. Um, Commander T-Pole, apparently that cat suit is uniform enough. Um... They make no attempt to explain what the agreement is, whether she's been commissioned as a regular officer or it's some kind of exchange program. They don't say. But even even then, you'd think she would be wearing a Vulcan uniform. It doesn't make any sense, really. Nothing about her outfit has ever made any sense. Even if Shmulis himself came on It's a little bit less skin tight, but it's got a deeper V-neck. So it's like (laughs) they don't know what to do. Even if Shmulis himself came on board and said he perfectly melded form and function, I wouldn't understand what was (laughs) happening here. Um, he says, whoa, Soong threw a Southerner equals slave owner comparison at Trip, whose retort falls pretty flat. I didn't even mention that in my notes. I didn't know what to do with it because... Hey, when he said your ancestors, it could have been all of humanity, or it could have been a dig right at Florida. It could have been at Florida, and also I just thought, who are the writers of Star Trek to take a shot at anybody? Even though they're right, but I didn't know what to do with that note. Uh, anyway, if so- you If you went like... Um- 400 feet from the house where Katie grew up, you would be in the town of Plantation, Florida. Mm-hmm. So, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so four from Ben on characterization. Do you have some uh, quick hitters? Uh, yeah. 
uh, yet another Martok Klingon. It's wasn't, very distracting. It's so obvious. Wasn't he the lawyer? Yeah. I'm just so confused. He In this time frame, he plays two Klingons? Well, this guy's dead, so we don't have to worry about that anymore. Unnamed Klingon captain is dead. This is like how they hire the same three people to play all the Ferengi that exist. Pretty much. All these jacked models have weirdly misshapen heads. Is that like a Soong whoopsie? Because there was forehead, and then the lady had a weirdly misshaped head. Oh, Purvis looked like she's addicted to meth, right? <laughs> she's could have been, could she's have, pretty methed out. Could have been methed out for sure. Uh, again, it's our buddy show, show, show. None of these guys looked superhuman. Malik looked like um, a weedy little fucker. The Grima Worm Tongue, like younger Grima Worm Tongue. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He had that. No, face. I don't know what that means. What's a the Grima guy Worm from Tongue? Lord of the Rings, the who, who's constantly lot. No, I know he's. You're talking about Grima Worm Tongue, right? Yes, got it. So Saruman's agent in King Theoden's court. Oh, yeah, he does look like that guy. Yeah, uh, Brad Dorf is that guy's name. I thought, yeah, the serial killer, Suter. He looks like Suter. I thought he looked like um, I thought he looked like one of the guys. Have you seen Stranger Things? Uh, no. Oh, okay. He looks like the weedy, weird older brother who's who's a loser. He look he looks like that guy. Um, again, it's our buddy show. Big Show that made his presence felt in this one. I felt like I've seen this whiny ensign and stuff, but I didn't like looking at him, so I didn't bother to look him up anymore. But his acting—I also did not look him up. <laughs> his acting did impress me when he was playing whiny little <laughs> fucking crybaby ensign. Um, Ben had a few quick hitters just to pull out a few. That giant man is really shaking teeps like a bad baby. Hey, I don't think you're supposed to shake a bad baby. No, I don't think that's how it's supposed to be. I mean, I, look, I don't have kids. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell people how to do it. But that doesn't sound right. Um, and ben, have you been shaking your baby? <laughs> I was, I was worrying about it a little bit. But it's true, he does pick up people and shake her around a bit. And she it's does a good job of this of being like stock still yes. with with no facial expression. They did. I mean, look. I don't know. She's what... like when you pick up a cat and they just stick their arms out. <laughs> I don't know what this episode was, but that was a good bit. Uh, and he said they made up that pump shotgun to look like a super soaker, piss poor prop design. That uh, Raheem death scene was very bad. I could have pulled off that wide eyed three second death in one take right now, <laughs> is what he says. <laughs> yeah, these jacked right. models weren't great. I don't think they hired Raheem for his acting. No. They hired these people for how they looked in ripped shirts. They probably did just ask people to come to the casting call in a ripped tee. Yeah. And they're just like, good, nailed just it. Just rip up a muscle tee. What about you, yeah, You look oily. You can do it. Quick hitters? <laughs> yeah. Um, Khan was strong, but he wasn't sending 250-pound Klingons flying with spinning back fists. <laughs> no. Like, they, they it's kind of over the top in this one, how strong these dudes are. Yeah, I think so. It makes sense that they wouldn't refer to the guy, the uh, leftover people from the eugenics war as genetically enhanced supermen. But I feel like they really expect us to get augments right away. Yeah, another one of those things they didn't even bother to try to explain. Right. How come Big Show looks like Shrek? <laughs> it's not even that much makeup, so why doesn't he look like he exists in the world? Now you'll like see. Like, he it. looked CG. 
Yeah, now you'll see it every time you ever see show again. You'll be like, oh, he kind of looks I like- mean, if he's green with a bald cap on, for sure. He looks like White Shrek. <laughs> I don't want to think about what Ray Shrek might be. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's it. I stopped. Uh, I gave uh, uh, best actor to uh, Anson Pierce and worst actor. Pick any of these leg broke on the overside hunks. Yeah, why were they talking like that? What was I it? I don't know. <sighs> <sighs> Ooh, down with four down, man. We are four down and one to go. The winner last week was TNG. Mm. This week we watched Legacy. <laughs> Centuries of hip hop legacy, mega speed. <laughs> right? Hyper warped automators grip and light the torch. Um, Riker had a hard time getting anybody to come to his poker night, so it's just him, the research twins, and Animal Wharf. Um, <laughs> after Data wins a big hand, Riker fools him with some close up magic, but Data shits on the trick by explaining how Billy Boy did it to everyone in the room. None of this matters, and I shouldn't have bothered writing it down. Uh, it does. It does matter because it ends with Riker saying to Data, "You've really, you've really learned how to read a bluff." <laughs> yes, it's the it's the worst way to fucking hang the end of this episode. I said out loud, "Well, oh, that's what this will be about." Ah, <laughs> uh, they answered a stress call. It's cheating. It that was cheating. I have seen the episode before. They they answered a stress call, some kind of transport, near Turkana 4, which Picard notes is where Tasha Yar was from. Yes. They don't get there in time to save the transport or the escape pod, which falls into the colony below, which Riker and Data explain is very bad because shit is wild down there. <laughs> um, Riker leads an away team down to the colony to find the missing transport crew. They run into a gang of aspiring actors who savor every line they get. Um, <laughs> they follow them to their base, and the gang says they can help. Do, to- yeah. Do you know who I expected to be down there? <laughs> Were the two guys from Ensign of Com- Ensigns of Command, not Goshevin and no. not not the black guy, but, but the no, good natured the, the black guy and the other good and the guy who looks like Mike Birbiglia. <laughs> yes, the good natured twins. Those those two dudes from that show. I thought they were in this show. I was just like, <laughs> where are those two guys? And then I remembered where they were really from. Are they going to be hanging out somewhere down there? Yeah, they really seem like they should be part of the alliance. Or, wait, the coalition. Yeah, these guys are in the coalition. There's a coalition and an alliance. It's. Should, I mean, I don't even know if I should bother explaining what's happening in this. Um, uh, it's like uh, WWE and WCW, basically. It's a lot like that in uh, UPN parlance, for sure. Or is it more like just the Raw versus the SmackDown brands? Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, at certain times, yes, they were. At certain times, they were enemies. Um, anyway, this gang says they can help get the crew back. The, the, sh- the ship flew into the other team, the Alliance's shit. But they'll, they'll help them get them back if they give them some weapons, maybe? We've heard about... Is Admiral Jameson? <laughs> we heard about the Jameson strategy, and we're really hoping you guys are going to follow through on that. Uh, the guy explains that they have a proximity detector in their bodies that means neither side can like get the drop on the other one. Um, but he needs weapons to keep the balance of power with the other gang, who he claims just found a cache of weapons. Crusher and Data volunteer that they knew somebody from Turkana 4, and they know this place sucks eggs. <laughs> it was very crucial that they tell them that fact or else we'd have no more episode. It really would have been the end of the fucking episode. It's a good thing they told them. 
Because as soon as they beam the fuck up, this guy's like, I want to know everything about the Enterprise. <laughs> it's just so bad. Five minutes later, the guy calls the Enterprise and said, uh, here's Tashi, our sister. Ta-da. <laughs> he now says he'll help Enterprise find the missing crewmen uh, for free. And Ashara Yar will be the liaison. Picard agrees. Ashara beams up and fucking Data drools all over. Then they try to ask her stuff about Tasha Yar instead of anything about the missing crew. She's the one who has to go, shouldn't we? You guys don't want to find the crew? We should do that. Is it time to relitigate this? Did they just fuck the one time? I don't know. I mean, she like, was is very da- sexy. <laughs> is is Data, like, does he just not, like, is he not doing the math that, like, well, it was just the one time when everybody was so drunk and nothing ever happened after that, but I'm making a big deal of this? Or did they fuck a lot actually after that that we just never saw? I don't know. I think we're probably supposed to believe Data is such a fucking weird loser that he built it up in his head as some kind of okay. wonderful romance between okay, a robot good. and an emotionally damaged but very <laughs> sexy woman. Um, oh, If you weren't the captain. Because <laughs> he was a little bit nice to her. Just just basic level nice. Yeah, like not a real fucking asshole, that's all. <laughs> just um, like, I'm not going to yell at you about crying uh, in this crazy <laughs> yes. situation. Even though you probably should fucking try to keep it together. Um, I guess she probably wouldn't have come on to me because I would have gone, can you not right now? Can you not? Because we're kind of in the middle of something. Like, I get it. I'm frustrated by Q constantly showing up also. It's the worst part of my job. <laughs> yeah. uh, finally, the crewmen that are on the planet are allowed to call Enterprise and give the Alliance's demands. Ishara says she knows where they are and how to retrieve them. Uh, she and Riker and the gang game plan the commando raid they're going to do. And then she goes to sickbay to have her DNA tested. Yeah. For some reason. Like, how does this affect any of what they're doing? I, I honestly don't know. She walks into the observation lounge a couple of scenes earlier, and she's like, I'm willing to submit to a DNA test to prove I'm talking to our <laughs> sister. And Dr. Crusher says just she will. gives her a cold-ass look and goes, uh-huh. oh, she says, I'm almost, uh, you, can, you can test my DNA. And she goes, I will. Yeah, just looks at her like, uh-huh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna, so let's uh-huh. get to it. You're gonna have to prove it. You're a bitch. I already can tell by looking at you. Um... While they await the results, because even in 2360-whatever, it still takes a few hours to see if her DNA matches or whatever's happening. Right. They do the Dang Commando raid, part one. Um, But Ishara gets phasered in it. Uh, Riker rescues her, and they beam out. Um, Picard chats with Ishara about her sister after that fact is confirmed by Crusher. In the next scene, Yar is in a Federation-issue catsuit. Uh-huh. Uh, she gets it's very it's extremely badly tailored <laughs> she gets close with data on the bridge then in engineering she says uh boy we'd get a lot farther with this plan if i could just get rid of this implant but shucks it's impossible it's just you just can't be I done i don't think you can do it none of the idiot cavemen on my planet know how to do it I so no i don't know if it, i mean boy if it could be done oh jeez oh, oh shucks ah, and then da- and then data immediately immediately comes up with a way to take it out that second um but her and she and data they have a drink in 10 forward and she talks a lot about her sister and tells data she thinks of him as a friend already and Data really wants to hear this. Yeah, he needs it. It he, turns out he needs it really bad. He's very thirsty for exactly this information. Um, 
Then she feeds him what is obviously a line about joining Starfleet Academy after this, which Data takes right to Picard, and the main computer and Maddox and Remick and everybody. <laughs> yep. Anyway, we aren't left in suspense. She has a secret call with her boss and laughs maniacally while repeating, UNLIMITED POWER! Or something. I don't know. She's a bad guy. You get it. Um, Commando Raid Part 2 begins. They still trying to get those crewmen. They get to the crewmen, as Yar promised, but then she goes off on her own little side adventure raid without her proximity detector. Uh, Riker and Data figure out she's missing and go after her, assuming she's in danger. Data finds her doing a power overload of the Alliance's fusion generator. She says they have 3,000 soldiers waiting to strike when the generator goes down. Data says he can't allow it, but he's mostly butthurt about being used and lied to. She threatens to kill him. He's all heartbroken about this betrayal. She fires at Data and Riker, who peeks around a corner. <laughs> yep. Data stuns her and stops the overload. Um, they find her phaser was set to kill. Yeah, Riker is so proud to make that announcement. <laughs> He's so happy about it. Riker shouts at her boss back on the bridge. And Picard agrees to just beam her back down to Turkana 4 and get the fuck away from this place, because it really does suck. Yeah, they got their dudes back. They don't care. She says goodbye to Data, who controls his rage pretty well and beams her away. Days later, he visits Riker. <laughs> days. <laughs> To complain about all of his powerful emotions. Riker tells him, uh, hey, in all trust, there's the possibility of betrayal. Then Data holds her weird crystal proximity detector and tries not to cry. <laughs> Next week is reunion. <laughs> hey, yo, what was this one about? Oh, uh, <laughs> trusting someone is inherently risky, ah. but the right thing to do is to take that risk. That's what Riker said. Uh, it comes up at the very end of the episode. As if they Riker, were saying this is the episode. <laughs> Riker doesn't really say why mm -hmm. it's worth taking that risk. And then Data just gets up and leaves the room after that without saying goodbye or anything. <laughs> yeah, as people do in real life, they just leave. Uh, but frankly, it's the only thing that saves this episode from being a screed against women and their emotional manipulation of nice guys. So yeah. I'm going to let them have it. I gave it five. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I had the exact same take because I took it out of like, Riker's mouth. If Riker doesn't say that, what's it about? Uh, well, we really don't love hoes? Uh, yeah, it's just bitches fucking trifling out there, I guess. Yeah, I, I, went, I, I went with whatever Riker said. I said, thanks for making it easy, Commander. And I gave <laughs> yeah. it a six. Uh, ben gave it a five with the take, the choices you make in life define who you are. Um... Talking about the difference between Ishara and Tasha. Ishara keeps pitting herself against her memory of Tasha uh, in this episode. And then, I don't know if she's genuinely surprised or if she's manipulating all the times that people tell her they love Tasha. And then she seems surprised by it. But uh, Data's choices, stuff like that. So, that's what Ben had. Um, execution. These guys are very trusting. And get duped super hard. So the take fits? There is a minute on the screen where Picard turns the thing on mute and he turns around and he goes, so this is bullshit, right? <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, probably. But then Picard's also like, but these guys suck, so who cares? Yeah. Um... <laughs> this is the standard uh, TNG up against much weaker opponents. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, I mean, everything that happens when Riker meets that gang in the beginning is like such a typical TNG moment where he comes in from the flagship of this empire to this fucking terrible outpost. And um, they think that they are in total control and he's just smirking at them. And they don't even have Rolaren to tell him to give them blankets. I know. Um, okay, every Data episode raises so many questions about what the hell Soong was up to. This one fucking tries to answer them for sure. Like, I think at this point someone was real frustrated by Data have not, not being able to have, give Data emotions. Yeah, oh yeah, so they'd say all the so shit he, in this one He gives about, a real bullshit explanation. About how his uh, fucking mental pathways become... Accustomed, accustomed to, to someone's someone. presence or something. And they even anticipates their input. <sighs> and then no one fucking says, how's that not an emotion? <laughs> what do you think an emotion is? That's right. But the questions that I'm always thinking about are what was Soong up to when he was doing this. <laughs> like, what was he on when he was wrenching <laughs> some droidos? His words. <laughs> what music was he listening to? <laughs> Did he drop food inside Data's brain? <laughs> Like, what was happening? Even Oh, he was fucking taking a break and playing with his toy dinosaurs and shit. You know it. <laughs> no, Littlefoot, no! Um, <laughs> even the robots have no decorum in Starfleet. This lady knows an easy fucking mark when she sees one, and Data oh, for just sure. gawks at her, and she's like, fuck, got it, got it, got it, got it. Cool, cool, cool. Fucking first I... guy I saw, fucking got it. Hey, I fucking know immediately who my sister was banging. The first guy I met, you should have seen it. They sent this. It's idiot just robot. like high school all over again. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I like seeing competent Enterprise crew, and this week they all look like fools groping around in the dark. Hey, idiots! It doesn't matter whether she's Tasha Yar's sister. You already know these guys are lying and can't be trusted. So maybe save that mystery for later, after you get the crewmen back. Feel free to satisfy your curiosity at that point. It yep. doesn't matter. It has no bearing on the mission at all, but they all become obsessed with it. A three for me. Uh, Ben's got it as a four. <laughs> My favorite pullout is there's only one city? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it, it does was, seem that way. I guess this colony was set up. They set up the one area where people were living, and maybe shit went to maybe it all went to shit so fast they never expanded. But somehow they also by the, and I don't know who the fucking city planners were, but there's like 18 levels of tunnels, some of which go a full mile deep. Yep. Who built was the city planned by ants? Why? <laughs> That's right. It's a good question. There's only one city. There must have been tons of room to expand outward. <laughs> But I don't know. Maybe it's you know it's better for the environment. They can use more mass transit if they. That's right. Yeah. Build vertically. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, so Ben's a four. Yeah. Uh, I liked it a little better, but there are some issues. Ishara is in every scene. Yes, it's one of those where the guest actor does all the work. But we never learn what any of this means for her. Yeah. It was a fucking coincidence that Enterprise showed up. Like, the uh, the Arcos should not have been here. Yeah. It's a coincidence that Enterprise showed up here. Oh, yeah. She what don't was know she anything doing? about this. What was her place in the coalition 
before Hane went to the library and found her name? I always assumed it was Peon. She's just somebody. Yeah. And then uh, he wh- found out who she was. But then she seems very competent. Right. Yeah. And, and like, what does this mission mean for her personally? Is this good for her in the coalition? What about at the end when it doesn't quite go right? Is it still? <laughs> and, her, and her dumb boss is like, eh, we thought it might work, but whatever. <laughs> um, also, she either had a bunch of conversations with him that we don't see, hmm. or they knew exactly where these boys were being held. Because if the Alliance had them in conference room B, yep. and the most important thing on that level was the thermostat, there's like no payoff. But they somehow mobilized 3,000 troops. Yeah. It's like the whole episode runs on coincidence and also on emotions data is not supposed to have yes as always so i don't love that but i thought it was your typical tng low stakes emotion personal episode so i still gave it five okay uh world building uh uh, they can only fly the ship at warp nine for so long Uh before it's a problem Chirkana for all that continuity. Proximity detectors. Worf's seen them in use on Manu 3. Oh, yeah. Uh, photon grenades that can be set so low that it won't kill anybody, even if you beam it into a room and it blows up. Yeah, that's Jordy's plan when they're doing the whole raid. He's like, just fucking uh, beam a grenade in there and stun them. And Riker Oop. shits all over it. Yeah. But what is the Federation? <laughs> Turkana 4 is an Earth colony that left the Federation 15 years ago. Even that description's insane. What does he mean, an Earth colony? Yeah. <laughs> 15 years ago, what, what, what is Earth if not I, the Federation? It must have been an early colony? Like, from that predated the Federation? But it was in the Federation. But it was in the Federation. Point. But it left, uh, apparently, because things were going really, really badly already. Like, 15 years... This stuff did not start 15 years ago. That's right. It doesn't happen Tashiar overnight. wanted to get the fuck out. Yeah. But Ishara had already joined the coalition, which means they had already been given uh, police powers by the defunct government. Yeah. So, like... Yeah, how come no one... Was from- the Federation fucking doing? Yes, how come no one comes to save them? Okay, good meeting, everybody. One of our planets is turning into Mad Max. I don't, I mean, no one loves to hear it, but I will say I've heard the word rape gangs being used. (laughs) Uh, Apparently they're raping cats. It's very bad. (laughs) Uh, But that it is our, that is the time limit. We are at the time limit. So I will forever when I see that scene where she says, go, it's not safe for you here. Go. Why? (laughs) They were, what was going to happen to that cat? Why? Are they out there trying to get all the cats? What's happening? Not only that, but she assumed that they were going to see her, see the cat, and go after the cat. <laughs> That's right. I'll- that the cat wouldn't get away while they were doing whatever they were going to do to her. If you leave, they'll only go after me. If yeah. you're here, they'll they'll be conflicted. It's going to be you first. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. The, look, this- look, look. Yeah, they didn't send anybody. They didn't send anybody to help save these people. You're right. It's like when you're playing Civilization and you learn that one of your cities is in civil unrest. And seven you just go, year- <laughs> Seven years ago, a ship went by and they got told, don't ever come here again. And the Federation has been not coming here ever again. <laughs> I mean, you can't blame them. Apparently, they didn't do anything to help. And then what the fuck was the Arcos doing there? Yeah. Um, 
it's bad. I, I can only give it a one for world building because it's so distracting to think about what the fuck the Federation might be. Everything about it is fucking weird. Also, I watched this with Marjan and she spent like the next two days trying to convince me how cool it would be to live underground. And I don't know why. <laughs> I kept trying to get a straight answer out of her about what would be good about it. But she just Listen, kept saying we should try to do it. If there's no sun, mm. if the sun doesn't like go up and down, yeah. then who's to say you're working too many hours? That's right. Also, who's to say what a deadline really is? Yeah. What is a deadline? Um, ben has it as a two. Uh, there's no sense of cohesion in the Federation. Turkana 4 Colony was able to just break away unilaterally and tell the Federation to fuck off. Um, we're all kind of sa- playing in the same space here. But I, I will just say they were scheduled to visit Camus 2 for an archaeological research oh. thing, which is where we were in TOS. Oh, that's the planet with the body swapping wall that probably is still there. Probably there, and I, I what good adventures we would have had. <laughs> Think of the great adventures if DNG had gone there. data body swap. Yeah, we would, you know he can. He has a soul. Um... Uh, an Earth colony that went rotten. Government, blah, blah, blah. We already went over all of this. Um, the proximity detectors with micro-explosives in them, so you can't remove them except Starfleet. <laughs> this week, it takes a few hours to see if her DNA matches Tasha's or whatever test they're running. Most weeks, they'll just fucking throw it up on the screen and go, yeah, it matches, see? It matched. Um, whatever that stun setting was, it broke Ishara's ribs. Um, a two for me. You're right that it is mostly very bad. It uh, it really it really recalls too short a season in a lot of ways. <laughs> yes, right. The episodes that really call out the Federation for being yeah. uh, an idea that is not well explained. What do you have for characterization? Uh, let's see. Worf has no poker face. Worf, like everybody else, falls for this lady's shit. He's the chief of fucking security, but. He ain't doing any. He ain't doing any chief of security business. Uh, Troy has a thing for magicians. Yeah, she's way into well, Riker's magic it's, trick. Again, it's pickup artist bullshit. Uh-huh. So it's a, a for sure. A, she should be the sweet spot for Troy for sure. For sure, Riker would know a card trick, uh-huh. and for sure, Troy would be impressed by it. Uh, she can tell this guy is lying, but can't tell if Ishara is. So once again, I don't I don't know if she has powers at all. Like, we never see this scene where he tells her that her boobs are pretty big, but it's kind of because she's fat. <laughs> and then she only obsesses about that for 11 or 12 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you hear what I said? Now, please say it again. She can tell if the guy, her boss, is lying, <laughs> but she can't tell if Ishara is. So, like, I don't know what her she powers are. Ishara feels ambiguous about it. Well, okay, so that's later. Okay. I have here, Troy really cooled on Ishara after they put her in that cat suit. <laughs> I <true>. sense ambiguity <laughs> from her and that she's not even really that hot. Like, I'm sexier than her and we can all agree on that, is I think what she says in that scene. Because she was kind of cool about her before and then she's like, nah, fuck this. Crusher is sometimes British when she's emotional. <laughs> Mr. Worf, I can handle myself. What? Fucking uh, Downton Abbey. Why doesn't Riker just put that booze back on the table before he beams up? He just takes this weird bribe up and Picard oh, opens yeah. it on the bridge. Oh, also, uh, all right, fine, whatever. What's happening? 
We talk about it during the fucking. I'm so I have so many quick hitters before that scene. <laughs> so it's weird. That's that's my hold on. It's true. That's very early in the. Episode. It's my seventh quick hitter. <laughs> I just I was like, why is he taking the bribe? Don't take it. The guy's like, don't forget this. And Riker's like, yeah, did, all right. Did we see if he gave it to Picard? I don't he remember. He gives it to Picard. Okay. Picard opens it on the bridge. He opens it. What is happening? I don't know, dog, because it's, first of all, it's fucking synth ale. I am. Um, so, why doesn't he just go to the replicator? I know. I it's don't not know. real. I don't know. Uh, Riker goes fucking Jonathan Archer on this first commando raid because he doesn't want to lose another Yar. Yeah. Data smiles like a maniac when Ashara Yar comes on board. She says he doesn't have feelings, and he says, not as such. I think he's starting to catch on. <laughs> but he's an insanely easy I, I, Listen, I wish that there weren't three and a half seasons of him not still somehow not having caught on. <laughs> it's true. He's a very slow learner. And again, he's an easy mark on this episode. I think he's just not bright. There's an episode where he starts having a bunch of dreams. And at no point does he turn to someone, Troy or Jordy, and say, Are dreams emotions? Because <laughs> I got those. Is that a thing? I've been having those on Maine. I got dreams up here. Uh, Picard tells the backstory of how he met Yar and why he requested her. Again, my problem with characterization is my problem with the episode. Everyone seems really distracted, uh, not professional, not smart. It's a three for me. Uh, well, Ben only has it as a two. Everyone was duped by Ashara. Then he says, even Data, who should have the ability to detect a bluff. Well, Riker <laughs> asserted that he did because he won at poker. I mean, not our Data. Yeah. Our Data does not have that ability. Um, I don't think we ever learn what turns Worf around on this girl. Because it seems in the beginning like he doesn't like her. Maybe it was just that she took a phaser blast. I mean, that's what did it for Riker. Because when mm -hmm. Riker goes up there and, Dana, and Picard says, anyway, turns out she is Tasha Yar's sister. Riker goes, I already knew that. I had no but doubt. Based on her actions down there, I had no It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. I guess I guess Worf did too, because by the end, he's into it. By the way, let's talk about it. Was that part of her plan? Was her plan? I think she just saw that guy and shot at him. So she just sucks. Yeah. Because I thought, is it part of her plan? Again, to like was she... She's a peon. She was not a strategist prior to this. But then she's like, I don't know, the whole time, unless she's getting a lot of directions, she's doing this a lot on her own. And she like, because they do. Why would she assume she wouldn't get killed? I, that's the only problem with it. Because they do totally fall for it. They're like, oh, yeah. she risked her life to save she our took crew. it for us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Data shouldn't have these emotions. Mm. But. We know he does. he does. Like he had to talk about boning Tasha at his own sentence trial. Yes, he did. It's actually not inconsistent at all. It's stupid, but it's not inconsistent. Uh, you always got this weird crystal with you that um, <laughs> it like a picture of uh, one of your former uh, crewmates uh, pops up, and people say you like pet it and stroke it <laughs> on the bridge. Is that a real thing? Yeah, you're no. I, I, you know what? He's definitely sentient. We withdraw our, our case. He's also a creeper, though, so do something about that. Uh, everyone is way too hurt and unprofessional after the turn. Mm. 
like these entitled pricks expect that three days of sleeping on a sparkly bed with a triangle pillow are going to undo a lifetime of fighting the alliance that's not a good look for them no okay so like when she tells data she wants to join the academy that should be when everyone wakes up and picard sort of goes i don't know that seems like a lot um and that's when he asks troy who says she senses ambiguity meaning i don't like her suit her suit is revealing like mine um but you would think if they had any sense at all, that's where they all go, uh, I think we're getting played. Hey, this don't seem real. This huh? isn't, this is not. This is a s- little fast, huh? I mean, even if she means it, that means she's probably going through some psychological stuff, but like, she probably doesn't mean it. Hey, we're putting a lot on this girl, huh? We just keep talking about her, her heroic <laughs> yeah. dead sister. Yeah. Um, it's a three for me. Uh, well, I know you've got a lot of quick hitters. Boy, do I. Um, and, uh, Ben thinks that there was a Crown Royal bottle before it was synth ale, and he likes the uniform jackets. Uh, Riker learned that card trick from a pickup artist YouTuber. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, he does uh, it for Data, I'm... but we know it's for Troy. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Also, she he's done that specific trick to her before. She never figured out or looked up how it works. That's why even now she goes, wow. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, I'm sure Data has gotten good at reading a bluff. Won't be relevant to this episode. Uh, Camus 2 is a reference to Turnabout Intruder. Mm. Because in production order, this was episode 80 of TNG, one more than TOS got. So it's just so being, they just threw that one in there. Just being a dick. Being like, ha ha. We made it longer than TOS. Um, Tasha Yar got out of there on the last ship out, huh? Uh, something like that. If you start to talk about their ages, Marjan wanted yeah. to know about what ages everybody was, and I was like, "Don't think, just don't." That's really tough. Don't get into uh, it because, like, they severed relations with the Federation fifteen years ago. Mm. That's only twelve years before Tasha Yar died. Yep, I'll- she must have been what. 27 something like that it's real tough huh when was she hanging out with that cat (laughs) again it seems like the federation must have been turning a blind eye to things here for a while before they severed contact i think that's right what was this federation freighter doing there i can only assume smuggling but i don't know (laughs) probably smuggling i don't know what else they'd have that's probably that cache of weapons that the uh yeah that the Alliance found. Hey, you think that cache of weapons the Alliance just found the same yeah. day that they got the crashed ship or whatever? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. Hey, these guys stole some synth ale? Yeah. This planet must be flooded with bathtub gin and, gin and toilet wine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Who's paying for fake alcohol that uh, doesn't make you drunk? Yeah, I wonder if he told them the truth on that because he couldn't come up with a good lie. The fucking what's the market for synth ale on this planet? <laughs> Picard didn't seem impressed when he opened it on the bridge. Yeah. Well, I wasn't impressed with him when he said that it sounded like urban street thugs. Yeah, wow, didn't love that at all. Uh, he meant to say slugs, though. <laughs> oh, urban street slugs. Yeah, he meant that to say urban sense. street slugs. It just he didn't even know until someone pointed out to him that he'd said thugs. So you know, also as opposed to rural street thugs. <laughs> yes. You know, the kind that, yeah. on the one road that goes through town, they're always out there thugging around. Sorry, slugging around. Yeah. Did they uh, tell Spiner it was okay to have emotions this week, or is he just an awful actor? That's what I always want to know. 
Yeah. Uh, let's do fashion corner. Mm. Uh, I guess Ashara's tank top was too phaser stunned or something, so she had to change. Really not clear. And then she told the replicator she wanted a jumpsuit that was so short in the torso, it would give her triple moose knuckle. <laughs> Plus, she wanted big lumpy shoulder pads. Well, always. Always. For her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. I can only assume it was part of her ploy that she's like, oh, I seen that the the telepath, she's in the jumpsuit. <laughs> they'll, they'll like me more if I'm in a jumpsuit. Make it tighter. That's right. In the butt area. Then we can shoot all my scenes from behind. Yeah. No one can connect the dots with Data, right? In what way is what he's describing not a feeling? And also, he just whispers sadly at her for the whole scene. (laughs) It's really... Again... If he had a little bit of emotion going on, it wouldn't be so bad. It's that he's the most emotional of all of the crew. Yes. That he has more emotion than the regular humans. Yes, because he has to be our surrogate in some ways. Like, I don't know. It's so weird. I just think it's odd that they made him... Well, we've talked about it. They picked the wrong actor. I don't know whether Spiner's a good actor or a bad actor, but he ain't the right one for this. Wesley must be fucking furious when he hears about one of these people that just want to go to the Academy all of a sudden. (laughs) His mom was head of Starfleet Medical. And he's still... And his dad was an officer killed in the line of duty. Yeah. And he still had to compete against three super geniuses for a spot <laughs> and then couldn't go because he was five minutes late <laughs> saving two department heads and an ambassador from Ferengi rapists. This fucker's been working for three years to get into the academy. He still isn't there. <laughs> but anyway, Ashara wants to uh, apply to the academy and everyone's just like, oh, good for her. Yeah, I'm sure what? she'll make it. She'll probably make it. What? Yeah. No, I can't read. <laughs> He's going to the... He got He's already there. He's there. That's it. Yeah, Wesley, man. Uh, Tough. After that scene where Data's all in on her to, in Picard's office, Troy asked him to hang back because she knew what was happening. Mm. But then she ultimately just kept her mouth closed, so way to go. Yeah, she's not helpful, huh? Yeah. Why... I need to know this. Okay, okay, okay. Why did the writers put in the script? Why did they have Dr. Crusher say that Ishara Yar is in perfect health? <laughs> she should have a vitamin deficiency. She should live underground running from rape <laughs> gangs and shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, hey, why did they do that? Is that... Are, when she says she's in perfect health, are we supposed to hear that she's very fertile? Ah, yeah, that way it's okay if we all lust after her. Is that it? Why did they write that line? Why? How could it be conceivably true that she's in perfect health, and why do they think that was an important thing for us to find out? That is a very good question. I'm surprised the readout didn't just say to Dr. Crusher, uh, it says here she is Sarah Connor? <laughs> is that... Does anyone... What does that mean? Does that mean anything to anyone? Data. A subheading. Uh fucking terminator what is this what was it talking about sorry that was the vibe we were getting from her speaking of what's the federation no one on this ship including dr crusher raises an objection to firing the ship's phasers at this non-aligned planet mm. i know there's no government 
and I'm sure there's some reason the Prime Directive doesn't apply. Sure. They're going to drill a hole that appears to be at least six feet in diameter and is a mile deep. Yeah. With the ship's phasers. They're just going to shoot the planet. Yeah. No one says, should we, is that okay? Uh, you want to shoot the planet? Boy, maybe Starfleet is on to the fact that these guys are up to no good, the, uh, these two crewmen. That they were smuggling weapons, and uh, they don't want anyone to know about this. And, and they have. Majority misread it, and he didn't realize he was supposed to shoot vaporize them. the two crewmen. <laughs> yes, he was supposed to eliminate evidence of this. Now O'Brien's going to have to fuck up the transport somehow. <laughs> oh, they left we never O'Brien see behind. them back on the ship. They left O'Brien behind. Okay. To take care of this. Okay. He's, the, he's a cleaner. Um, there should really, by the way, when they do do that drill, there should be a hellish torrent of rock plasma shooting out of that hole. <laughs> like, they vaporize 600,000 cubic feet of rock. All that energy has to go somewhere. So maybe. It should be shooting out of that hole. This guy's tornado would be rock plasma. For sure. Okay. <laughs> Which I think we can agree is a terrible tornado. It's not the, not the one you want. I'd no. much rather have it be religion if I get a choice. Uh, they go down for the second raid and, uh, there's a weird use of fisheye lens. Everyone's leaning way forward into the camera for no reason down there. Yeah. No one's standing up straight. Although the tunnel is normal height. The tunnel is definitely big enough. <laughs> what was it directed by Busta Bust? What happened? <laughs> be great if one of his early credits was this Star Trek episode. Um, and then I take back everything I said about Tasha Yar's jumpsuit upgrade at the end when she put her old outfit back on, and I noticed that she was wearing sandals. No! Yes! I didn't notice. Like, she's got that cool short leather jacket and I her, noticed her action tank top. I noticed and, her busted pants. And her busted pants, but then she's got socks and sandals on. It's what? very bad. What did they think was happening on this planet? Yeah. Wow. And then uh, finally, hey, Data. Hey, buddy. You don't just get up and walk out of a conversation like that. <laughs> this is what he, he came to unburden himself to Riker about his emotions. And then he didn't say thank you or goodbye or anything. He just fucking got up and left the room. Riker probably thinks he's got another Zoom signal and he's going to take over the ship. <laughs> He just stood up and left. Dude, this is just te- just I know this is TV nonsense yes. where no one says goodbye right. before they hang up the phone. Exactly. Uh, but he just got up and left the room. In universe, this is definitely a huge red flag. But uh, yeah, well, for they- sure, Riker's on the horn with Worf already. Like lock down the transporters. Oh, He's doing it. They got a new code for this. They got transporter codes worked out now. They're going to beam him into space and figure out if he's okay, because he can live out there, so it's okay. They can bring him in later, yeah. if it turns out he's normal. Um, but, yeah, dude, this is the TV writer's weakness. They don't know what happens in life. They don't understand <laughs> situations. They don't know what people are like. So, yeah, it's always just like they just hang up after conversations are over without saying, like, well, it was cool talking to you. And uh, They couldn't cut a couple of seconds earlier where, like, Dr. Crusher said she was in perfect health or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I gave Best Actor to... Ishara, I guess. It's tough. It's a tough... And No one ob- really fucking did a good job. Obviously, the worst actor is Data. Yeah, I don't... Uh... He's a bad choice for this role. I suspect, Matthew, that you have quick hitters as well. Uh, just a few. I'm surprised Data didn't try to impress Ishara and go, 
Yeah, I was built for fighting. I'm a fucking fighting robot. You seen <laughs> BattleBots? Uh, you get that on Turkana 4? I'm one of those throwing type bots. That's my... I am a fighting bot. I kick ass and all that. I'm fucking... I'm a killer. Uh, and then I showed this to you offline. Worf, presumably reading a sign he saw in that tunnel, loudly whispers to nobody, Caution <laughs> is indicated. Yep. What? <laughs> Why did you say that? What does it even mean? It was in a weird font, and he (laughs) kind of read it out loud to make sure he understood what the sign said. And then rather, it would have sounded even stupider if he kept trying to explain it, so he just let it go after that. (laughs) Caution is indicated. Okay, thanks. Thanks, buddy. Uh, The rest of them are all in my descriptions. (laughs) All right, cool. (laughs) Oh, that's the week. You want the totals? Mm, Yeah, I mean, it didn't sound like a good week. It wasn't a great week. Uh, last place, if it's perfectly fitting. Uh, TOS uh, with 11 points. Turnabout Intruder. 11, 11 is bad. extremely poor. I will remind you that the Omega Glory scored 8. <laughs> That's worse than Twisted. It It's the worst ever. And, and boy, it seems super likely to stay the worst, huh? Eight's really low. It's hard to score eight. Uh, we've done 395 of these episodes now. Yeah. The odds are, it's, it was not crazy to believe that we've already had the worst one. Yeah. Uh, fourth place this week with 24 points. Mm. Deep Space Nine, sort of Kalos. They're not going through a good a good scoring phase right we now. We might have to hear that DS9 sting again next week. Oh, that's right. So. We, can't, we can't do it for TOS. Yeah. The uh, uh, third <laughs> place this week with 28 Sorry, points. Can you please go back in and add a Bwong? <laughs> yeah, I'll do a Bwong. <laughs> I don't have the original file, so I'll just do it over the MP3, but that's fine. It's fine. We can do it live, even. It's not important. (laughs) That's true. When when it starts playing, just go, boom. Legacy, TNG, third place, 28 points. Yeah. Yeah. Second place this week, Voyager Mortal Coil, 30 points. Wow. It's been a long time since they finished second. I I mean, I, I didn't look it up, but probably. And boy, speak of a long time, the winner this week with 31 points. Which is extremely poor. Um, it's Enterprise Borderland, of all things. Yo, we didn't even like that episode. Not really. <laughs> uh, yeah, it got a 10 it got for world, world building, building points. Yeah. That's really where they came from, yeah. Um, that's it's Enterprise's sixth win. Okay. Wow. Uh, Man, Voyager deep- finished second. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, that's good. Next week, you get to start with uh, Deep Space Nine. Oh, it's not that good. That's not good. It's our man Bashir. <laughs> That's right. It's our man Bashir. It's very bad. Damn it. <laughs> so. Oh, I should also say, um, we're going to do the actor rankings, but uh, starting next week, did we agree that you're going to do TNG and Enterprise? Yes, that's right. I'm going to take over TNG. And I will do DS9 and Voyager. So we'll each have what we assume will be a good and a bad. A good and a bad. Yeah. Although. <laughs> who knows? They're this all week, bad. Uh, based on this week's score, it's not the good and the bad that we each thought we would be getting. <laughs> That's right. Uh, also, uh, it is final. Uh, TOS is finishing in third place. Yep. Um, their scores got worse and worse and worse over time, and they stopped collecting wins. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they finished with 17 wins out of their 79 weeks. And nearly 200 total points behind Deep Space Nine at the end. The vast majority of those wins came in Season 1. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're under 30 for the average, just barely. Their uh, their highest score 
um, characterization where they averaged uh, eight and a half. Their low score uh, world building, strangely. Yeah. Where they averaged only uh, 6.7. It was the nature of their adventure of the week kind of deal where it was like, yeah. okay, this is something, but will we ever see it again? Who knows? Um, final thoughts on TOS before actor rankings. Uh, it was a lot worse than I remembered it. It was well, the, the last time I, well, I, I don't know. I started watching Star Trek critically in 2016 when I had pneumonia. Like really, that's when it happened. That's when I started to get all those weird it's insights. It's so weird that the same time is when I started, like I started watching them, I don't know, four, four months before that. And I was seeing them all totally different. And I was like, what is happening was, in these episodes? It was maybe the first time that I'd seen them remastered, so I was paying a little more attention, or I don't know what it was. I mean, I had a lot of time on my hands, and I was very sick. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so the last time I had watched TOS was years before that, when I got it on uh, DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe when I was still living uh, with our parents. Yeah. And it was a fun, silly romp when I watched it that time, and... So I was let down yes. pretty hard. Yeah, like I said last time, it is shocking when you think about it, how few good things came out of it. How few good ideas happened from this show. Um, when Marjan and I had gone through and watched all of them, I used that as my nap time, and I fell asleep in almost <laughs> every episode. They're so long. The, the reason that we... Uh, stopped our weird alternating plan that we were doing before Uh and switched to a point where I was doing all of the TOS and enterprise summaries was because you were having a lot of trouble. I kept zoning out. (laughs) They're very long. They're very sixties. There's a lot of people fucking spiking the lens and like smirking. And and you're just like, I can't, I, I, the scenes are all unnecessary. They escape from prison six times per episode. It's just, I'm glad it's done, not just because it's one less, but it, because I didn't consider it one of the better ones. No, they finished in third. Um, I don't know, man. Like, if the things had continued on their trajectories, I think Enterprise eventually would have passed it. I guess. I wonder how many more episodes you'd need for that to happen. But they were definitely, they were trending so far down. that. Uh, well, they were 160 points down. So Enterprise was closer to TOS than TOS was to Deep Space Nine in terms of points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they done. Yeah, they are done. But uh, we should do our final actor rankings. All right. Here we go. We've done, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. These are the fifth actor rankings, right? Uh, yeah, this will be the fifth okay. set of actor rankings. Well, uh, no one really knew to talk about for TOS. No, they just people just kept disappearing after we kicked out Rand. That was basically the list. But, but I think since we're done, we should reinclude her. Oh, sure. Yeah, if you want. Yeah. Um, if we're going so to, so that she gets a final place in the rankings. Uh, I will put her here. Okay. Uh, you want to start at the bottom? Uh, yeah. Who's your last place? Nurse C. Ah. Um, I think acting-wise, I actually have Chekhov below her. Okay. I had him uh, as who, eight. Or, uh, he's your yeah, number eight. Yeah. Uh, and my number eight is going to stay Chapel. Okay. Then I think uh, for number seven, I'm going to put Gilman Rand. I agree. Okay. The uh, 
For six, I have Sulu. I have Uhura. Okay. I have five for Sulu, and I have a little arrow between them, meaning I couldn't decide. It is tough, and I'm leaving Uhura at five. She gets, just as the show went on, she got less and less to do. Yep. And And everything they did with her character was so deplorable, I don't even know if I could measure the actor behind it. She was a woman who was a long time since she was teasing Spock in the mess hall. And singing songs about him. Yeah, and all we ever got from her recently was that she was a woman who was afraid of getting old. Yeah, it's like, it was real bad what they did to her. I, I don't know what I don't I don't know if I could tell who the if the actor was good. Uh, there's a change here. I'm putting McCoy in at four. I had Scotty there previously. I am putting Kirk at four. I see, but I have McCoy at three with another arrow saying I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You could switch them if you want. I've got Scotty at three, and I and this is wild, but that bumps Kirk up to two for me. Wow, yeah. See, I have Scotty at two. Yeah. And we agree that Spock is uh, one. I think Spock's got to be number one. All yeah. that uh, eyebrow acting and uh, smirking and cold insults and all that stuff, that was all done really well by, uh, by what's his name? R.I.P.? So if you do the averages, we have Spock, uh, then Scotty is a point above Kirk, uh, who's a point above McCoy. Uhura and Sulu are tied. Rand is next below them, and uh, Chekhov and Nurse Chapel are at the bottom. Yep. That show did not have a ton of characters. No, most of the episodes are just Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. Sometimes one of those guys isn't even there. Yeah. Yep. All right, well, we're done with them forever. I'm never watching another one. I don't ever have to do it. I'm never gonna. That's <laughs> it. Why should you? That's it. Uh, TNG, again, no new characters. I Because the show's not over, I don't think we need to pull Pulaski and Yar in for a final retrospective. No, I've got uh, nine active on this list. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I have, too. Okay. Um, worst actor for me is still Data. Okay, and I still have it as Wesley. Okay, and Wesley's still my number eight. And Data is still my number eight. Uh, I think... I think I want Troy at seven, and I'm worried that this is because of changes in her character, but I also... I feel like it's been a long time since I saw a good acting touch out of her. It's also definitely become clear since the last time we did this that she can't do a walk and talk. <laughs> Can't do it. She's not. It is true. She, it's very distracting for her. It's the two things that she cannot do at the same time. I agree she's at seven, and I have Riker at six. And I think uh, Riker is going to be my six as well, and that makes um, Dr. Crusher my five. She is my five as well. I haven't really been that... I haven't been bothered by her acting. Um, I think she checks out at some point. In yeah. my memory, the actress checks out, uh, but it hasn't happened yet. She had a couple of, like, Remember Me was her show, mm-hmm. and she had a couple of good touches in it, for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I have Worf at four. Me too. And I still think I like Jordy for three and Guinan for two. Yeah, I have Guinan and Picard with arrows, but I have Picard one and Guinan two. Okay, so no <laughs> changes there. 
maybe very few changes in the order. I think the only thing we're doing is we're shuffling Riker up a point ahead of Troy. So the order is still Picard, Guinan, Jordy, Worf, Crusher, Riker, Troy, Wesley, Data. I think Frakes and the writers have become very comfortable with what Riker is. Yes, um, it certainly seems that way. She's kind of a, a womanizing boob. And uh, Frakes is okay at that. It's worse when he's trying to act. You think about Best of Both Worlds, like that should have been his, especially Part 2 should have been his episode, and it wasn't. No. 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 All right. DS9? This is a tough one. They got so many fucking characters on this show. Deep Space Nine. I think we might need to add some characters. I think we might. We haven't done this in a while, and there are some new ones, and Burial doesn't have to be here I anymore. I think we don't have to talk about Burial anymore. Yeah. We can remove it from the ring. When they finally end their run in many years. We'll reconsider him. We'll put him back in. Uh, Where so he will who, be at the bottom. We'll insert him right at the bottom. Who needs to be on here that's not? Cassidy? Cassidy Yates is on there. Uh, Worf. Uh, that's right. Worf's on the show now. He's not hasn't had a long time there, and also it's been bad. Yep. Um, I would probably put Ducat on. He's oh, yeah. around often enough. Boy, Ducat didn't make the uh the he, list the last because time. he was showing up so infrequently. But he's been yeah. around, and he's definitely gonna be. Um, and then I think we keep seeing Kai win too. Mm-hmm. It's been a um, couple of episodes. Yes, but she at least showed up. I don't know. She showed up in the one where um. That was the one where she got off the shuttle and... Shit, I can't fucking remember. That's uh, when she uh, sent uh, Kira to go find the um, the Freedom Fighters to get the, reclaim the shit from the farmers. <clears> and then and, uh, they went on that trek through the mountains. With Shakar. Um, uh, yeah. Duncan Regeer. Um, also, Rom is not on this. Oh, yeah. He has really become more of a character yeah. in the last... Really, in the last like twelve episodes, mm-hmm. and then Eddington keeps hanging around. Every too. once in a while, he's around, and we know he will yeah. have more. So, may as well keep him. Um, I so it's a lot, it. but we don't. We can leave Burial off. Yeah. So low man on the totem pole here, acting wise, is it still Dax? For me, I have Dax at number fifteen, and I have okay. um, Cassidy Yates at sixteen. Really, ever at 16. I have not been impressed by any of her appearances so far. Dax is my 16, and I have Jake at 15. Okay. I have Jake at 14. 14 is Nog for me. I have Nog at 13, and I have an arrow between him and Jake, and I don't know whether that's because they're always together or what. 13 is where I'm putting Cassidy. Okay. At 12, 12 is going to be adding. I agree. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's because he doesn't have enough to do or if he's not a good actor or what. But yeah. And uh, this is where I want to put Worf in at 11. Worf's character is definitely a pile of shit, but I don't know if it's the actor. I actually have Bashir at 11. Okay. Bashir's my 10. Cisco is my 10. Cisco, no, I'm going to leave O'Brien here, and he's going to be my nine. And I have O'Brien at nine. Okay. Eight is Cisco for me. My eight is Kira. Okay. Kira is, no, Odo's my seven. My seven is Worf. 
Okay. My six is Kira. My six is Rom. Rom will be my five. My five is Kai Win. My four is Galdukat. My four is Odo. Odo's my three. My three is Ducat. Okay. Something is wrong. Which one number is missing from my rankings? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Six, I don't have a seven. Secure so should be seven. Uh, Rom should be six. Ducat should be five. Okay. Odo should be four. Okay. Uh, wins my three. Okay. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I take it back. Quark's my three. Okay. Uh, I already said Ducat's my three. Uh, Garrick is two for me. Uh, Wynn is going to come in at number two for me. And that means She's so slimy every time I see her. She knows exactly what that character is, which is fucking yeah. straight bitch. Um, yeah. Quark is my one still. Quark's your one. Garrick's going to be my one. All right. So... If There's I... a little bit of difference here because there are so many fucking oh, characters. Oh, by the <laughs> way, they're going to add 30 more. There's going to be a bunch more. Dude, by the end of season uh, seven, Goldicott's daughter's going to come around. There's going to be we, a Wayu. Uh, Lita's going to be in here a bunch. We got Wayu. Damar. We've talked about the lady founder might show up. There's going to be uh, Damar. There's going to be there's going to be a, a fucking Breen guy who's in like nine episodes. How's he <laughs> acting? He's just in a suit. We haven't put Martok in here yet. Yeah. He's going to be huge. Gowron's uh, going to be in many episodes. Gowron's going to be in a lot seven. of episodes, right? So this show gets real big. <sighs> but for now, let me remove this and do that again. For now, the ranking is. There's going to be an Esri Dax. Sorry, go on. <laughs> That's right. Um, luckily, we'll only have to talk about both of them at the same time at the end. Well, no, it depends on when we do the next one, I guess. <laughs> yep. Uh, Garrick and Quark win. Odo and Ducat are tied. Rom, Kira, and then the three-way tie. O'Brien, Cisco, Worf, then Bashir, Eddington, Nog, Jake, and Cassidy are tied. And Dax is in last place. Hey, Dax, you suck. Turn it around, Dax. Again, I thought this last episode she wasn't so bad. Yep. Maybe it's something that will. Nah, no, don't worry about it. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> That's exactly correct. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, moving on to Voyager. Oof. Voyager. Uh, we should uh, keep Kess in this one because she exited pretty recently. Okay, and we have to add seven. And we're adding seven. Um, but that's it, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Should... There's a su- there was a suggestion that we might see more events in Wildman in this one, but that hasn't materialized yet. Should we add Leonardo da Vinci? <laughs> He was in many episodes. Luckily, I looked it up, and he's done, and he was only in two. What? His workshop was in a bunch. Oh, okay. All right. He was, was he in really Scorpion. only in Scorpion? Yeah, he was in Scorpion oh. and the one that he was just in concerning flight. Oh, okay. All right. Wow. All right. So, thankfully, we don't have to add him. Because Janeway definitely considered him an important part of the crew. Yeah. Um, um, all right. Who's, who's bottom of this shit list, which will be 10? Harry Kim. Oh, I'm sorry. I gave it to the wrong person. Uh, Harry Kim. Well, 
Yeah, I don't see any reason to change that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think for nine, I'm gonna put. No, it's gonna be Chicote. Chicote is my nine. Okay. Uh, I have TP. Okay. Eight. I'm going Cass. Wow. Okay. Um, we're gonna be pretty different on this. I have Chaco at eight. Okay. Who's your seven? Uh, Belana Torres. Oh, Torres. Uh, the seven is going to be Tom Paris for me. Six is going to be... Yeah, I think six is going to be Bolana. I have Janeway at six. <laughs> okay. And your five? Uh, I've crossed out so many numbers because I had to add Kess. Um... Hold on, I might be missing a number here. Uh, Kess. Kess is your five. Yes. Okay. My four. What do I have doubled? What's missing? Oh, nothing's missing. My four is going to be Tuvok. My four is also Tuvok. Okay. Wait, no. Then what's my five? Yeah, I only have one five. My five is Tuvok. My four is Balana. No, that's not right either. Why would I, fu- I, how do I fuck this up so bad? What do I have two of? One, two, three. You don't have a four. I don't have a four. Um, you haven't added seven yet. Yeah, but seven's gonna be at. You got uh, Neelix number Sh- three for me. I guess Janeway's my four. Yeah. Why don't you do your list and then I'll do mine. All right, Janeway four, Schmullis th- three, seven, two, Neelix one. Okay. Um, I believe I was at. Uh, Tuvok four, um, Schmullis three, seven two, Neelix one. All right, so we have agreement sort of at the top. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, uh pull, drag this down and sort them out. Uh, so we have Neelix seven and Schmullis. It's mm-hmm. a good strong start for seven and nine. Uh yeah, she ain't been in that many episodes, but this actor's trying. Also, we're not seeing anything new out of Schmullis lately. No. Uh, Dark Page or whatever his episode was was not anything. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Was that the one where he became a serial killer? Which one? Yeah, Doctor. It was Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. <laughs> God damn it! That was bad. Then we've got uh, Tuvok, Janeway, Bolana, and Cass are tied. Paris, Chicote, and poor Harry Kim. Yeah, he fucking sucks. That ain't got better either. He's like Dax. He you, you don't get better. One more of these, and we gotta add um, people. I think we should add some people who were in a lot of episodes last season. All right, let me just do a yes/no here. So, are we adding yeah. Major Dumbass? What was his name? I want to say Haynes. Okay, Hayes. Hayes, maybe Hayes. Okay. Yes. Sorry, Hayne was the leader of the coalition. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, are we adding Degra? I think you gotta have Degra. He's in so many. And he was important in all of them. He was more important than most of the crew. Uh, Do- <laughs> arguably much more important than Archer. Yes. Uh, we're adding Dolom. I think we're adding Dolom. Okay. Here's the question on my mind. Okay. Do we add Shran? Oh, yeah. We gotta add Shran. He's been in some. He's okay. around every once in a while. Next question. He was in at least two in last season. Soval? Oh, fuck yeah. He's been a lot, hasn't he? Fuck that he guy. Has. I hate him. Oh, this is going to mess up my question. whole rating. Final question. Admiral Forrest? Uh, yeah, we probably should. 
shit. I, I'm going to do this on the fly. I didn't add anything. This show people. is so serialized. Hold on, hold Sorry, on. I said that was final, yeah. but I got one more. Yeah. Daniels. Yeah, you got to add Daniels. And I'm going to say we got to add Silic too. And Silic? Yeah. He's, he's dead. Right. We won't have to keep him around for very long. This though. show blew up enormous. Yeah. Season three was big. And also in the 29 episodes since we last did this. Yeah. Season three added a lot of people who mostly are dead or gone. But uh, yeah, but we never even thought about Soval and Forrest and they're always around. Okay. They're just, uh, they're constantly hanging around. Well, now I got to do this on the fly. Okay. <sighs> All right. It is the worst, which will be 15. Shit. Okay. Is that still Mayweather? Yes. Okay. On, I me... think my 14 is Soval. Well, he's not good, but I don't know if it's just the character I hate. <laughs> um, who did I have? I had Major Hayes. I'm going to keep him there. Major Hayes is the next one for me. Was that make him 14? Yeah. Hayes isn't even my 13, though. My 13 is Daniels. Okay. I got to add all the, fixing all the numbers as I go. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, that's 14. Uh, I have Daniels as 13. Sorry, you kept Mayweather at 15, right? Yeah, I have Mayweather 15, Major Hayes 14, Daniels 13. Okay. Daniels is 13. Uh, my 12 now is Reed. Okay. My 12 is Forrest. Okay. Nice, who's nice, boss, nice boss Forrest. Um, at 11, I will put... Soval. Okay. I think Hayes is now slotting in at 11. And Dolem is 10 for me. He's a cartoon villain. Mm -hmm. He does it okay, but just okay. Yeah, I would agree that he's just okay, but I actually have Archer at 10. (laughs) Archer's at 10? (laughs) Well, come on. Um, How many times has he been given something to do and you went, he did a pretty good job with that, that actor. Bacula really crushed it. Yeah, it's uh, never. Um, <laughs> uh, Forrest, I think, is my number nine. I will say about him that I want him to be Bo Bridges' character from Stargate SG-1. <laughs> and he never will be. MacGyver's boss on Stargate SG-1. Is uh, is Bo Bridges a nice boss? Yeah, he's a pretty good guy. He's All a decent right. guy. Yeah. That's why you see it that the way. The whole Stargate team, they get along pretty good. That's why you see it that way. Yeah, I guess so. Who's your number nine? Dolem. Dolem. Okay. My number eight is Hoshi. Okay. My eight is Reed. Okay. And I think my seven is Archer. My seven is Hoshi. Okay. My six is Shran. My six is T-Pole. My five is Silic. My five is Trip. Okay. T-Pole's my four. M. Furry Abraham is my four. Okay. And your three? My three is Shran. Okay. My three is... Trip and my two is flocks. My Fuck. my two is flocks and my one is Degra. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, he's only gonna be in this one he's because dead, he's guys. dead. He got killed. And he but, was only in season three. 
but real good showing from the guy who played Degra. He was very much in season three. They made his character the most important character in season three, and he did a good job. <laughs> All right. So the Enterprise rankings at at the end <laughs> of the week way, 79. Are we surprised that this fucking group is getting schooled by the guest actors? Come on. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, Degra flocks a trip, then Shran and Silic, pair of guest stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, T-Pole, then Hoshi, Archer, Dolem. way down, way down the list. Dolem. Archer is two points above Dolem. <laughs> but that Dolem's still beating Reed. A guy who's in the Council of Monsters. <laughs> He's beating um, Reed. Reed's he first. does beat Reed. Forrest is down there. Uh, Major Hayes and Soval are tied. Daniels is very bad. He's but poor, poor Mayweather has just never... <laughs> Just never shown us anything. Feels so bad for him. He actually wasn't worst in the initial list. In the initial list, Teeple, Archer, and Reed were all tied for worst. Because we were disgusted by them. But uh, he's been worst or tied for worst at every point since then. So Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the actor rankings. It's the final ones for uh, TOS. I assume we'll do the next one when uh, Enterprise goes off. Yeah, Enterprise going off the air... At week 97 okay. will be the next time we do this. So that's only, 18. what, 18 episodes. So yeah. not not quite as long. So that's almost, that's basically a year. Yeah. We have basically a whole year of doing Enterprise left. Hey, you know we're on the clock though, right? We are, <laughs> Normally we would not be on the clock. Normally this would be a mailbag week and we could fucking relax. Uh-huh. But by special request, we're doing this same rubric again, but just for one thing, and that thing is Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Fucking jump off a fucking building. It's a terrible thing that I'm going to have to watch a whole movie. <laughs> and take these notes. St- stopping every three minutes <laughs> to, to take up. quick hitters about the terrible, corny movie <laughs> that is Star Wars. Episode Four: A New Hope. Yeah. <clears throat> and by the way, that's one of the better ones. Yep. Um, when we resume this project in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the mailbag, uh, we're pushing back. We're pushing the mailbag. Please when send we resume us mail. This project, <laughs> yes, absolutely. It'll just be probably a slightly longer mailbag. Mm-hmm. Um, but we won't have to do flags. So yes. <laughs> in two weeks, we'll be uh, doing episode 80. That doesn't sound real, but that's what we'll be doing. God, yep. We don't have to watch an original series. Good. Which is probably about as painful as watching episode four, frankly. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Maybe I won't zone out as much watching Star Wars. Like, whatever the 80th episode of TOS would have been, whatever they turned into a script for the animated show, yeah. uh, probably wouldn't have been as bad. Would have been despicable. Uh, but we're, we are watching Reunion. That could be interesting and fun. Maybe. It's got Kalar. Uh, it's got Alexander. Be, right. It's a got better murder. taste of Earth. Yeah. We are watching our man, Bashir. Well, that's not going to be a blast, I gotta say. One of Deep Space Nine's many, many tributes to a different genre. But you know, maybe there's enough Garrick in there to save it. There will be some Garrick, so at least there's that. For Voyager, we're watching something called Waking Moments. (sighs) It's a very uninspiring title, but I remind you, Voyager placed second this week with Mortal Coil. So (laughs) That gives me the very worrying suspicion that some of this is going to be dreamlike, though. Oh, that is a very, you're right, that's extremely distressing thought. But it's not as distressing as having to watch Cold Station 12. (laughs) Just putting it right in the title. Just like when they put the name of the planet they had to go to in Season 3 in the title. I realize that we just 
we just gave the weak win to Enterprise for Borderland. Yeah. I still, I am distressed to have to watch Cold Station 12 in in the next two weeks. Yeah. And the augments in the two weeks after that. Yeah. Remember when they named an episode Azadi Prime? Uh-huh. Fuck. I sure do. All right. Sure so do. that's what we're going to have to watch for two weeks. Next week will be Star Wars. Feel free to watch along, Ben. Anybody? Submit your yeah, notes. it should be a it should be a break. There's only one thing to have to watch. I'm sure most of you guys have Disney Plus. Oh, by the way, that's the version we're watching. Yeah, we're, we're watching McClunky. Watch McClunky cut. Yeah, yeah. McClunky. We're gonna watch that one. Um, yeah, send us your notes. Uh, play along. I'm gonna watch it probably in a couple of sessions. I don't think I'm gonna sit down and notes out for fucking two hours or whatever. I I fucking think the only way I'll be able to do it is if I do it in one session. <laughs> Good luck. It'll probably be my whole Saturday. I'm going to find a real clear, easy scene break, and I'll be like, that's it for me today. I'm treating it like Star Trek. I watched one episode. Uh, everybody, again, mailbag will come later. Keep sending us mail at BrotherDate on the Twitter machine. Um, you can go to BrotherDate.com, and you can complain about what spreadsheets we got up there. I don't think Judah's going to put up the flags. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I don't want to have to redo the flag spreadsheet so that it's readable. Yeah. So because all of the all of the last four rounds are in the round three tab, and most most of them don't have flags. <laughs> we just kept moving anymore. the flags around because you couldn't right. copy them. Yeah. So I don't want to have to redo the whole flag bracket. Is yeah. the problem? So with that one. sorry, everyone. It was uh, already just go just go look at the winning flag. It was already the flag of Kazakhstan. It was already not great for a pod format, and it is. <laughs> You're just going to have to deal with the You can't look at the bracket. Uh, but go to the website. You can send us emails, brothersofbrotherdate.com. You can go to the iTunes and all the podcatchers that fuck with iTunes. And um, everybody, no more TOS. It's amazing. It's my favorite. It's my favorite thing that's happened in 2020. Uh, admittedly, the shittiest year of modern times. So <laughs> It's been so bad. Um, but it, this is looking up. I think we're all going to be crescent fresh from here on. Actually, it's still going to get a lot worse, everybody. It's going to get worse. Everybody stay home and stay safe, and we will catch you next week with Star Wars. Everybody, bye. When the forest gets spooky, (laughs) and he finds his dying self who tells him, you know what you have to do. (laughs) Just like General Leia, he knows what he has to do. (laughs) Please subscribe.